Welcome to Rebel FM episode 341. Yep. Well done. Is that? I thought it was 342. Did you get it right last week? Yeah. He did. Ever since 339. Yeah. This is the, th- wow, three whole weeks. He, he's I thought couple. it was 342, but I was going to say 341. <laughs> you've had, you've had a few, you've had a few streaks where you've gotten it right several episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, like over this the might years. be the longest. Uh, <laughs> I'm Anthony Gallegos. I have a problem with numbers. <laughs> Joining me is Arthur Geese. Th- well, I think just this specific number. Yeah. I would say memory problems, generally. Oh, I have a great memory about all the wrong things. Matt Chandrenay is here as well. Yeah, I also have a terrible memory about anything that actually matters. Yeah. I could tell you, you know, lines from key Star Trek episodes and stuff like that. But <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And James Faulkner. That wasn't Arthur who spoke when you introduced Arthur. That was me. Yeah. Just for people, if people are new. Yeah, for sure. Because it's know, fine. We all sound exactly alike. I'm checked out. I gave a lot of blood today, so. <laughs> oh, shit. How was I, your blood getting, Arthur? Oh, I had, I had a physical. Uh, oh, okay. For yeah, the first legion, time in years. all over his body. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking to myself, I was like, I don't think Arthur can get blood right now. You can. Can you? It doesn't have to be a year since your last tattoo. I don't know if that applies anymore, but it's been almost okay. a year. That was that was always what I had always heard. Like a oh, year I didn't know that. It was like tattoos and piercings. Like I couldn't even do the medical study I was going to participate in if I had had a tattoo in the last year. Oh, Just wow. weird stuff. Like, I guess you know MRIs and stuff can get fucked up by tattoos if they're looking for things really? like fresh tattoos. So hmm. interesting. Interesting. Prison tattoos and MRIs do not mix. Well, any tattoos as the ink shifts. It, specifically for the stuff that they were looking for in me. I don't know what that was. But <laughs> they were very thorough. Anyways, so is the guy who checked me for testicular cancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for being thorough. I mean, that's something you want them to be thorough about. I guess. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good <laughs> that someone who knows what they're doing, I assume, was checking, <laughs> right. as opposed to me, where I'm like, I mean, it's it feels lumpy. like a ball. <laughs> right. I've been checked out for that before. So yeah, yeah, it's like twenty five to thirty five are the prime years of risk for oh, testicular cancer checked out. yeah well i'm past that risk now now i just have colon cancer for the rest of my yeah, life now, to worry now about. They, they i've been checked out for that too asshole yeah yep. they gotta put a finger i've been, up there I've been checked out for that <laughs> yep i haven't had i haven't had a prostate exam like that i had thing. that because my dad when he got colon cancer and i was experiencing uh problems mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. that we couldn't you immediately with. thought well they were just yeah. like why don't we just check and i was like ah. Eh. <laughs> Snap! <laughs> like, let's do it. Let's get uncomfortable together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you squeeze between the thumb and forefinger, and if you feel any nodules, that is a warning light. Apparently, but I feel like mine was actually just because I went in and I was getting uh, an STD check at the time. This was during my 2014 STD scare, uh, <laughs> and and I was just with the person. And I was like, "Can we just check that out too? Like, let's just get it all out of the right, way, all at once." What's too. this? What's that? Yeah. What's this? <laughs> just pointing at things. That's, that's hair. That's yeah. So, dick. so yeah. I was just like, okay. Oh man. Yeah. So they, I got like the full STD screen because you know that's what you do. Yeah. And sure. Also cholesterol because I haven't had that done in like four years. But yeah, four vials of blood. That's a lot. It's it's a it's a decent amount of blood. I got three drawn once and then 
uh, stood up and passed out right into a wall and, Whoa. and, and, and fucked up my shoulder really badly. Oh, wow. no. <laughs> I thought they weren't supposed to let you stand up for like 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> had you been fasting before that? Uh, yeah. I hadn't, yeah, yeah that, that's, that would explain it. See, yeah. I, I like had some donuts. I <laughs> ate some breakfast. <laughs> yeah. So I like if my blood, sh- if they like your blood sugar is just like off the charts. I'm like, yeah, because old fashions. <laughs> <laughs> not drinks. Yeah, no, not drinks. Like old fashioned. Donuts. You should. I'm you're supposed to fast for most of them. They most didn't say tests. anything. I also scheduled it very last second. Like, I have uh, what's called a concierge medical service, so <laughs> I can actually get appointments quickly if I'm willing to go in at stupid times of day, like eight forty-five in the morning in downtown San Francisco. <laughs> uh, so I scheduled it yesterday, but like they didn't give me any. Please fast before you do this. Emails. That, that's nice that you were able to get it. Is that one medical? Fast? Yeah. Yeah, I use them as well. I've had nothing but excellent experiences yeah, with one medical. Their doctors have been very, very good. And they're all, almost always on time, mm-hmm. like at most like a minute or two late. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, Advertisement for one medical. And if one medical wants to sponsor podcast. the podcast, yeah. by all means, <laughs> I, I am not only a spokesman, but also a client. <laughs> also a client. <laughs> So we did play some video games, I assume. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. I uninstalled Battlegrounds after my last match last night. Really? Why? I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just clicked uninstall and was like, fuck this. And the night before, too. Everyone was like, let's do one more. And I said, no, thanks. The night. And I just turned it off. I was like, so fucking mad. Yeah, that, that happens with. Dota. Right, those, I felt like I've of games. That's what there I feel like. Multiple I, gifts floating, like the float around on the regular of like people like closing Dota, right clicking on uninstall. <laughs> yeah, and then while I was at work today, I was like, I should remote into my home PC and start installing it again. <laughs> Why did it make you so mad? What happened? The last yes, two, couple of times, last two nights when I played, I've been playing four person squads, which I, I actually have decided I don't think that's the good way to play that game. How come? It is an acceptable way to play that game. Hmm. But in squads, a few things happen. One, you grow too complacent because you're with three other people. Mm -hmm. Two, you have to split the shit between a bunch of people, (laughs) and that makes everyone real thin. Mm -hmm. Three, even if you ever successfully close in on people and get the drop, it's not the way I want to play because there's not enough bullets in any gun's clip except for one of the special guns to kill all four people. So even mm-hmm. if I got the drop on them, they were all looking the wrong way, and I just started opening up on them. Mm-hmm. I could never like Tarantino them and shoot them all <laughs> in a bloody like. There were, I would get through the first one, the second one, and then the other two would turn and be able to kill me before right. I could finish them off or right. have to reload. Like I think there's interesting squad tactics, but like I think that's like the interesting part of that. Right. The thing is, is that I don't run with the same three people enough. Oh, yeah. So I run in a discord of random people, and at any given time, we have such varying playstyles. And varying skill levels, and varying skill <laughs> levels, and varying like tactical whim that it makes it very hard, and and so it's a it's a, and because it's at the point you're playing with four people, it can become a bit like Dota mm-hmm. in the sense that when one person fucks up and you know it, oh, it makes you mad, right? And I don't like <laughs> feeling mad at people, especially people that I like. That is like, something that Dota is quite good at. So like that's not how I want to feel. And so that uh, that just like bums me out about it a little bit, especially. You, you just gotta take one. Of, someone has to take the role of commander, being like, "You go here. You do this. You don't like like if you feel like they're like bad. You just gotta I mean, tell that, them what to do." That's the tough thing, and like you can do that when you when you're playing with the same people all the time, and you just sort of naturally fall into the thing where like you know this person is 
and a, really good at flanking people and, a, and getting up there, you know, or just being an authority on the game, or somebody yeah. who's an authority and, right. knows, and can like, tell you what you know, to do. Like based I, off I the can make calls got. and stuff sometimes, but like, uh, you know, sometimes I'm playing with people I don't know that well, mm-hmm. and so I feel I don't want to be like you go there. You know what right. I mean? I'm like I make a suggestion, like, hey, we should do this, you know, and so, and communication can fall apart real fast in that game, and just like. Like even more so in Dota because if you die in Dota, at least there's a chance you'll come back in this. You're fucking done, mm-hmm. and so it's just like it can fall apart so fast when people are like, "Oh, there's people and they're scrambling," and you're like, "Where?" And now we're being shot at. It's just like, you know, Actually, like it, I think. Do you think fours are bad or fours are bad? Do you think like the two is the best way to play? Yeah, that game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't think fours are bad. Let me clarify. Fours are still fun. Sometimes you have amazing matches, and then sometimes I have matches that are like every Vietnam movie you've ever seen where all four of us are running through the forest and we're like, well, we just got to get to the extraction zone. Don't you think, Jay? Bah! And then someone's fucking head blown off in the middle of like a calm moment and all of a sudden you're like, what do we do? James is down! And then we're just like, oh! And then all before you know it, everyone's fucking dead. Like, it's just like, and like, and that wouldn't be so bad if like we didn't spend like 25 minutes before that gearing up just getting gear and running from spot to spot never seeing anyone and then all of a sudden we just get fucking wiped out well that's like, why i like when the first you know it's a i started right away doing the thing like you were saying is just like jumping right into the p- people where i know is the action that's why it's like when i'm in because you know i'm in the same discords group so that's why like when i'm in with four random people and they're like, where should we go? And I see we're flying over military base. I'm like, let's bail out at military. Yep. Like, everybody's going to be there. And I'm like, that's exactly the that's, point. That's kind of what I decided. I was like, it's I, like can, I just want to get it over quick. I will only do squads if we will all do very aggressive jumps. Mm-hmm. Because that way, it'll either be over in three minutes and it'll be like crazy fun firefights. Because even those games, when we lose sometimes, they're just hilarious because yeah. we did like <laughs> something fucking crazy. Someone jumped yep. from a third story building shooting, trying to get the drop on mm-hmm. someone yep. or someone used a crossbow. Just hilarious moments that are impossible in the late game when everyone's super geared up. Well, the, uh, there was that, that, uh, the match that, were you in that one a couple of nights ago where like we, we jumped into military or something like that. And, uh, I landed on the ground. There were two people that landed next to me and I was able to punch both of them down. Yeah. And then I was like, how come I can't kill them? They're on the ground. I can't punch them. And I was saying a whole bunch of shit. And nobody was responding because it was right then that the Discord servers went haywire. Right. And everybody yes, just got disconnected. Yeah. Oh, and I and then like somebody jumped out of a window and started shooting at me because I couldn't tell anybody where I was and I couldn't ask how come I can't punch people on the ground because nobody would respond. Yeah. But yeah, jumping into the shit is the best way to do it because then yep. it's over in five minutes or it's geared up and then from then you can proceed to hunt. But like looking for fights is the best way to play that game in squads because A, it's the only way you're going to ever win. Like mm-hmm. honestly, like... It's a don't, don't run away from bullets or don't run away from gunshots. Right. Run toward them. You can totally make top 10 by being the world's biggest hider. Yeah. But you will probably never win. Yeah. Like that's the bottom You'll line. You'll never find your chicken dinner. <laughs> no, you will not. Like very <laughs> unlikely. Singles, you can totally hide your way to victory if you're good. Like at shooting, you can just wait to the last minute. But duos, duos is the best way. You know, since we last recorded, I got a duo victory with Tyler that felt really amazing. Nice. And every time, the best part about playing with Tyler, by the way, is he may be a little stoned when we play. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it always probably it always surprises him when we when we win. Every time I ever play, he's never seen it coming. Mm-hmm. Like I always see it. I'm like, oh, there's one guy left. We got this. Mm-hmm. And then it happens, and Tyler always goes, what? <laughs> like he doesn't see like understand that he's like oh my god like, yeah man we were doing really good that's a pretty good tyler impression too so 
Yeah, so he just always gets really surprised and makes him a little joy to play with. But yeah, duos, I feel like, is the best because yeah. you can definitely wipe out two people pretty easily, and it doesn't create situations where you can get overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. So that's the way to play. Well, it definitely feels like when you're playing with four people, the 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 first time somebody gets downed, you're just like, well, now it's over. Right, If it's a, if that's the thing. That is the bad part about playing in the beginning, that if you drop into a crazy place and two, you get downed, and then ultimately your team wins the area. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, oh, well, we're only half a team, so we might as well yeah. just fucking blow ourselves up and restart. Like, <laughs> so, But still, I would encourage anyone interested in this game, you should totally drop into areas expecting to die. Just looking, like, honestly, as soon as that game is moddable, I plan on trying to create a mod map that's literally just ripping out this one chunk of the map, mm-hmm. uh, asset for asset, or even just maybe just putting a wall up around it and loading into people into the shooting range and making moving targets and stuff like that at set ranges. Because for me, the biggest thing is like, I sometimes for a long time, the game wouldn't even pick up a sniper rifle mm-hmm. because I knew it'd be terrible with it. Mm-hmm. It just needs a way for players to have a chance to just use these weapons and feel these weapons and sit mm-hmm. there and practice their shots. Right. Yeah. So I, mean, I guess you could make a private server, but you don't have no one really to shoot at. Yeah. I should look into that whole private server thing. I mean, even I don't care about shooting someone. I care about, right. even if I was just shooting at a thing, a wall, yeah, maybe yeah, like thing. I, I try and hit a thing. Cause or like an, an AI that, or it's like, all right, I, uh, you know, you just put people, you just put these, uh, <laughs> You just put these AI in there that like run the same pattern between right. two they covers. They literally so run from this tree them to that distances. tree, right? This yeah. tree to that tree, like yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, what I've like, I'm watching people play and like using sniper rifle. Where it's like, okay, you have to one, you have to sight your gun. Yeah, yeah. you have and, to sight your gun. You have to count for bullet drop. It's and, like and using like the tick marks on like the eight X scopes and right. everything, realizing like oh, this far away that means you you have you have to scope it at, at this one and then then raise to this point. Yeah, yeah, like I can't do that. Yeah, no. But I would like to be able to practice that. It's just that in a match you have to rely on RNG to find the gun, mm-hmm. and then it's not like you're going to take do pot any shots of the rifle and practice. Viewfinders have a range finder in them. No. You have to just kind of yeah, just kind feel of out the range yourself. By by looking at the terrain, you have to sort of know how far away Which, again, is. is one of those reasons why I'm like, I just want there to be like a, a practice area. Like, I want yeah. the equivalent of a Street Fighter dummy to beat up on. Does, yeah. the, ma- does the map, when you drop a waypoint, does that count distance? Does that say like X distance? No. 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 I The only way you can tell distance in that game, actually, is that every grid square on I the map screen. Is, is like... It's 100 meters. 100 meters, yeah. So, so it's you like could, you can, in a sense, you, you can tell how far it is if you're like... But it's right. like you have the real world marker out there no, showing you that right. that's the 100 meters or right. something. Right, but if you're up on a hill and you're looking at those buildings and you look at that map and you say, oh, that's about a grid and a half away from me, you know you know that's 150 right. meters. Are there binoculars in it? No. No, just scopes. For now. I feel like binoculars would be a cool additional item. Yeah, that, that would be a tough one, though I don't know if they'll do it because that is something that's in King of the Kill. Mm. And so you definitely just have like sniper spotter teams for sure. Yeah. Duos would be really weird. I mean, I'm sure people, once they open to modding, like they keep saying they're going to do, there will totally be stuff like that. Do you think they're going to finish it first before they, I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be finished well, like, calendar be, year. I thought it got delayed. Calend- yeah. Calendar year. It was October. Now mm. they're just saying calendar year. So, so by the end of yeah. 2017, I don't know. I feel like they've, they've done a really great job of like adapting to like the explosiveness of it of being like talking to the community a lot and like Mm -hmm. like um, some games don't adapt that well to that yeah Uh, i I mean it's a it's still a fun game i'm just like mm -hmm. just my desire to play it certain ways has has changed as i've played more like after my initial uh you know intense 
like a desire to play it all the time. Well, well, ga- like. Games like this have I, I my personal issue with games like this is that like I have a lot of fun when I first jump in and just don't give a shit because yeah. like I just know I'm gonna die. I don't care. And uh then uh then I start to have fun just because I'm playing with regular people all the time and occasionally I get a kill. And then when I start to get good is when I actually don't like the game anymore. Yeah, because right. it's the barrier between you're like, Well, I know I can be this much better right. if if you had, but you had to put in the time yep. and you're like okay because I, I, I want to improve it this we talk about this in Dota all the time right. I mean the mm-hmm. thing is like just like in Dota yeah. I now have my website that you know like how you have the website you go yeah, to your Dota, Dota stats right so we have those, yeah. we have pubg.me uh-huh. and, and that's where I go and look at my stats and I now know that in squads I have a 40% chance that I'm going to be top 10 mm-hmm. so like I am in that range now mm-hmm. but my win rate is still 2% yeah. Right, mm-hmm. so that it's just like I'm constantly up there, and then so fucking one in every crushed. fifty games, you got a chicken dinner. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so yeah, and 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 the uh, Brian Albert, who also works at Twitch, um, and I talked about this about Dota is like the difference between um, like improving at one thing requires so much dedication, especially in these games, because because mm-hmm. it's like okay, you're playing what maybe three. Uh, for for PUBG, three to four maps three, matches yeah, on a good night. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get any situation that you think you will improve as a thing. It, like it's yeah. totally random. At no, what, what I, I, in most of those games, I don't even get a sniper rifle, right? Yeah. And that's like the one thing I want to get right. better. Exactly. And so right. and so like the that barrier plus the barrier of if you're playing with a group of people that you don't know. And so that I think I totally understand like wanting to play in duos because you usually can, can control who you play with. Yeah. And then. um and then you can be like, hey, if this happens, do you mind if I like like there's a little bit more neg- negotiation and like focus? Um, yeah. And like it's just a hump. Like like a lot of our friends, like when we, when we were talking about Dota, like r- remain in a skill bracket. Like I would say like 2.3 MMR, uh, sorry, 2,300 MMR to like. And what's MMR again? Uh, matchmaking rating like, gotcha. or ELO or any one of mm-hmm. those. Like, um, uh which is okay, and but we never really get there's not a lot of people in like the three k MMR bracket. It's like mm-hmm. we have our five k friends, and then like the two to three k friends. There's no like in between because right. like there's just a different le- level of game knowledge and awareness and investment that you have to make. Right. I would say all of us are pretty invested in like PUBG, but we also like, and we're all sitting around the same skill level and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it's just like the desire is there for us to like do better but it's just like you said it's it's just hard yeah. it to to make that happen it's and, a big ask and yeah. we yeah it's, it's also a time thing right uh, people are wanting like i too know that my battlegrounds time is about to fall off precipitously in august because mm-hmm. that's when a bunch of strategy games are coming out that i really want to play and stuff mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. xcom expansion yeah and total war 2 War warhammer 2 and so total like, warhammer 2 it's like you know but it's just like yeah i'm right there where i'm like obsessing about this game enough that it just sucks to feel like yeah, I guess you don't like to feel like you're plateauing, right? For a while, I felt like I was getting better, better, better. You know, yeah. I went from getting zero kills a game to starting to get one kill almost every game. Uh-huh. So. Uh, yeah, there's a. I think I, I just breached a plateau in Dota. Um, that's actually thanks to that. There's a caster and um, and like coach named Blitz, uh, who's been around forever. And he, has he been casting lately? Uh, no, he was coaching and also getting healthy though, for last year. Um, <laughs> no, sure, but like he's lost 
an a inc- lot of weight. Incredible amount of weight. He's he was a pretty chunky dude, and now he is felt. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, good on him. Yeah, good, which is good for him. But he's been coaching and has been talk, putting out some content really recently about uh, like basically one aspect of, the, of Dota, which is pushing. Like, why you push and, and why that's important and the tempo of that. And, like, that's considerably improved how my Dota, my Dota matches of, like, of not knowing to do, push the lane. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I would say that uh, watching streamers has definitely helped me be a better player, too. Mm-hmm. Just watching the way that they aggressively push and the type of things they use for cover. Hmm. For me, I mostly watch Dr. Disrespect. But I would say the person, if you really want to watch, like, like Dr. Disrespect is an entertainer. Yeah. He's also very good at the game. <laughs> but, like, if you want to watch someone to learn, it's this guy named Vis. I think his name yeah, is like Vis Gaming. You, you, yeah, you've mentioned like, Team Solomid. Yes, and that and Team Solomid, like he plays with all the Team Solomid guys. Mm. Those guys are fucking crazy when you watch them. They are they are operating like a weird fucking SEAL team. <laughs> it is crazy watching did, them play. Did he have long hair? No, that's Grims. Yeah, that's Grims. Yeah. Grims is a like one of the world's best solo players. Okay, and that guy is like that guy literally sometimes gets over twenty kills in a match which is like a fifth of the server <laughs> right. by himself right <laughs> like like i've seen he's always in the weekly replay videos you yeah. know the equivalent of the dota what the fucks because yep. he'll just do these crazy kills and then without saying anything just look at the camera like i know <laughs> i fucking know like i'm that good i shot a person off the air in a motorcycle like it wasn't a thing you're right. just like i get it man i watch some of these kids play and i'm like I would accuse you of using an aimbot yeah. for sure. You, how are people that fucking good? Like, yeah. I guess you know. On the other hand, like forty thousand people just got banned from Steam for cheating. So oh yeah, it yeah. does happen. It definitely happens. Oh, Is yeah. it forty or four hundred? I don't know. Uh, I think it was forty. It definitely happens. But since you can, but since you can almost never know if somebody's cheating unless they're doing it super obviously. Then uh, you know the only person that you're hurting by assuming everybody else is cheating is yourself. Yeah, no. Uh, I'll definitely. I've been talking about it for a while, but doing a PC rebuild and yeah, and when you yeah, do, when boy. you can, we'll we'll run you through, and I will even yep. run squads with you because we'll just jump into crazy <laughs> shit to let you yep. get practice. Yep. So that's also, basically what I am is I'm I'm like the I'm like the team mascot. People <laughs> sort of just like let me run after them. Like, hey Matt, come pick this up. Hey mm-hmm. Matt, well, which gun do you have? No, this is Matt, ammo for you, Matt. You've been killing people. <laughs> uh, you absolutely have been killing people. Uh, yeah, like I, I got, I got, I saved your life that one time with the grandpa shotgun. But that's the only like good play of the game. Doctor Jones had. thinks he sucks really bad too, and he's also actually way he's better. Than much he, better I looked at his stats. Than I am. Like he is not that bad. Yeah. Um. But I've also been playing the End is Nigh. Did anyone else try that? I played that for about half an hour today. what's that yeah that's what i did that's the new game from ed, Mc, ed Mc, mcmullen oh yeah no i haven't played it it is, is it? very meat boyish yeah in the sense that it is a side-scrolling 2d platformer mm-hmm. in a similar art style although this one's like black and white so far so far <laughs> and it is it like meat boy you heart, know anything heart. will kill you mm-hmm. and it is very much about like excruciatingly fine tuned like you better hit it, do it do it right or uh, you will fucking die right in in each like scene and in, like it, 18 screens there's only been one jump that i felt was egregiously difficult i would agree it's with like that. underground where there's like yes and you have to pass through things through things through things like, and the shit is moving a down slope 
of a ceiling upward and a sloped floor underneath, and both are covered in spikes, so you have to jump at exactly the right arc to pass underneath <laughs> and above all of the spikes. Yeah. Because you know you'd have to do that Meat Boy every once in a while, you'd uh-huh. have to do almost like a wavy jump. Yeah. Like, and so it definitely makes and you... it's not like a jump from a standing or running position. You have mm. to hang off of a ledge. Oh, wow. And yeah. like jump sideways, which changes the trajectory and, and speed and jump. You'd think that would make it easier than having to do a running jump, because there's, no. there's less variables for yeah, how this you start. Yeah, this game very much is all about know, having you hang like. and jump. Like, uh, that's a big part of the mechanics, is you'll see all these hooks. So you do these hang jumps, and then the world will fall, so you'll have to hold and hang, jump at just the right time. and <laughs> Cool. And leaving one screen, getting high on the other, and then jumping back onto the other screen at a higher point. Oh, wow. So, so, it's, so it's, a, it's a contingent world. Right. But it's a, it's a screen scroller, not a side scroller. Yes. yes. And it's, yes, it's a screen scroller. And it's still one of the things that, like, everybody making a 2D side-scrolling game that is brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, you play some, like, I forget what game I was playing recently where it was like, oh, it was Mario. Like, Mario Maker mm-hmm. was one where you, it is, st- that, I still pisses me off that that game is like, the, the easiest way to, to restart is you have to hit start, quit, or something like that real quick. And mm-hmm. you get into that motion, and it can be pretty fast, but it still takes a couple seconds. This game is the same thing. Either die or hit the back button immediately restart like you know yeah it's this the meat boy thing that we're that mm-hmm. some stuff adopted like, right trials has that same yeah. sort of feel too it's like yeah. you know you yeah, can about to say trials is the game that yeah. comes to mind you can do the yeah. jump and you immediately know it's wrong so you're just like yep. fucking restart yep. and so this has that same flow which makes it like immensely less frustrating i mean oh, don't yeah. get me wrong it is a butthole clinching game the entire time <laughs> you're playing right like i probably push down on my buttons with like 40 pounds more pressure than i need the whole time i'm right. playing yeah totally but that's what makes it so fun like like yep. and i would say that they totally knocked out of the park so far the precision of the controls like you know nice. like, when it comes to platformers like that like the feel Ooh. is like like 90 percent of the game oh yeah you, you gotta have that otherwise it's like why are you even making one of these kind of games right and it's the premise like the, of it is really fucking weird it's a very weird game yeah there's voice acting in it yeah it's, it's a, uh you're like a weird streamer <laughs> yeah and, and then everything when the world is basically when, when the world ends and then <laughs> your cartridge gets fucked up so you basically go hunting for game cartridges yeah. out in this fucked up world <laughs> and for a body so you can make a friend yes i, I think it's <laughs> also the voice acting is one of the guys from half in the bag I don't know what that is. It's the people behind uh, Mr. Plinkett. I don't know what that is. <laughs> the, the, the Star Wars reviews, Mr. Plinkett, like the oh, okay, the Red Letter Media, the, the, shit. Oh, the Red Letter Media okay. dudes. Yeah, okay, right. okay, okay. I'm with you. It's yeah. just like James is speaking millennial to, to Anthony. <laughs> I guess. No, no, no. But trust me, it happened the other day. I was talking with John, who works at IGN, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh yeah, well you know, fuck boy, something." I was like. What's a fuck boy? And, he, and then he said yeah, something else. I know what a fuck boy And then he is. said something else, and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, seriously, what the fuck are you talking about? I had to ask, because, and, and it's and it's a term, right? Yeah, Even yeah. Player Unknown calls these wooden shacks in... Fuckboy shacks. In, mm. Yeah, Battlegrounds, fuckboy shacks. And I was like, I have no clue what anybody I think, is saying. I think you asked me what fuckboy meant. Yeah, I yeah. did, because I was like, James, what is... I don't understand this. I just assumed that it means... I've never asked anybody. I've never looked it up. I just assume that it means what it says. It's like a boy toy that you know is you keep in a shack for sexual favors. No, that, that no, no, no. That's not what it so is. So then, what is a fuckboy? Explain it's it to the old a man of the group. Dude who acts immature and avoids all sort of commitment and says whatever he needs to to fuck somebody. Oh, uh, okay. So it's a boy who's trying to fuck. Not it's a boy kind of a douchey fuck. dude. So. And fuckboys tend to act moderately emotionally intelligent to tell hmm. people what they want to hear. Okay. Yeah. 
I didn't realize it was so nuanced. So this is, this is the type of shit I'm talking about. In the Bay Area. But, but John works at IGN with enough young people that he uh-huh. just says these, like, yeah, it was like three terms he said to me in a row that I was like, I don't are know we fucking are. the same yeah. age or not, man? Yeah. We're the same age. Like, how the fuck, Jesus. Yes, we're, well, John's a year younger. But only Who's John? Borba. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's only a year younger, so. Borbs. Um, it just, it just, I was just like, I don't get it, man. Like, well, you're talking yeah. about Dornbush. I was like, what? Dornbush is much younger. Yeah, Dornbush is like young. He's baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know who that is. No. Nope. So yeah. he I, interned at Polygon and now he works at IGN. Yeah. I definitely uh, don't keep track of the internets the way I used to. No. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you about memes from 10 years ago. Yeah. Guys, exactly. hey, hey, fellow kids. It's just like it's just like anything else that you know your your parents and grandparents did is like they were into the shit they were into when you when they were younger. As they got older, they realized that none of that shit matters, and so they stopped paying attention. I mean, it happens every once in a while. I turn on the regular radio, and I'm like, and they're like, blah blah blah, the weekend, and I was like, who's the weekend? Oh, the weekend's great. I understand the weekend's yeah. great now, but yeah. I was like, oh, you mean that guy with the weird fucked up hair? Okay, I know who the weekend is. Like, he's got a weird hairstyle. Like, it's cool. I've never seen a dude with a hairstyle like that. But that's how I remembered him. I went. I went to a wedding this weekend and was talking to um, a friend uh, who has uh, like teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh God. And Keeps she, them in touch. And she was telling me just like the crazy shit that they're into <laughs> right now. And it's like all fidget spinners are just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was something we discussed as well. But it was just like the things they say. It was like uh, you're super X, super DX. Like and she and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? She goes, it's like if you're bumming someone out, you're, it's super DX. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's like, that's like tween. Oh in, yeah, in like preteen. That's not even like millennial or teen. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, younger no. kids. Like I used to wonder, like when I worked with uh, Jared Garrison at Zombie, how he knew who all the cool streamers were all the time and stuff like that. It's kids. he had yeah, it's because he had preteens yeah. and tweens. Like he had the, the the audience for it, so he knew. Well, it's just like, like it's just like you know. Any other any other self-selecting community is like you develop your own insular language and like that's something that kids have always had. So I know I'm sure. Advice, advice if you like, want to keep up is to date women in their twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off the market. <laughs> Me too. Um, Thankfully, oh my god. So, so yeah. Uh, anyway, and is not really good so far. Good. I'm not far enough to feel like I have much of a substantive opinion on it. I, I do find some of it frustrating, but it's like, at least the controls are good. I've played enough so far that I'm like, I definitely want to play more. Like, that is going to be a game that I can play when I want to piss myself off with something it's else. It's grabbing me more than, than Binding of Isaac did. Oh, yeah. I didn't like Binding of Isaac, but I've also, I'm also not a... I'm, I'm not also not, of Isaac is bad. It's just I'm like, not a roguelike runner. Mm. I'm just not. It, and that's what that game is. But, like, I feel like with this... If I quit out of the game and then start it up again, it's like, okay, well, I'm back to this sequence of things that I'm overcoming as opposed to, like, trying to get as far as I can in this one thing that will never exist again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I get why people like Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Like, you know, we have friends who have put in, like, a thousand hours or something yeah. fucking bonkers, but... I mean, the, the the appeal to Binding of Isaac is not the first two levels. It's, like, halfway through that game. Because the way that that game like combines items is just something that you cannot predict. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> uh, one of the YouTubers that I really like um, is uh, is uh, Northern Lion, uh, who's just done thousands of episodes, and they're still entertaining to watch because that game just keeps on 
giving you weird shit. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where it's like all all he needed to do, all Edmund McMillan and you know his his little tiny dev team. I don't know if Finding as Isaac was one of his solo projects or not. No, but it's um okay. I didn't think it's, so. It's uh, fuck. Nyant- not Niantic, um, Nicalis. Mm. Oh, okay. Which is like a group, group of, a dev team in LA. Gotcha. So like, but the, so all he had, all he needed to do with that game was, you know, put, put in all of the correct systems so that there was that, not only was there the randomness of the roguelike and the things that you would have, but like the combination, like you said, the combination of items based off, you know, some RNGesus and like, Every item that you put in and have it combined with other items just means that you end up with, you know, an exponentially increasing number of possible combinations. Yeah. So it'll just keep on giving. Yeah. Yep. Which is great. It's a genius game idea. Um, the, uh, well, speaking of our coming apocalypse that's going to be sponsored by the millennials, um, I've been playing Seven Days to Die last week with a couple game? friends of mine. It's, uh, it's so it's been in early access apparently at least according to steam it was for released like two in 2013 years or something. yeah it was released in 2013 i so never played it though been out forever uh and it's in a sense it's like minecraft in that it's voxel based you can dig into the ground you is it top down you create wood blocks uh no it's 3d was it created by a whole I, I was gonna <laughs> say i, I don't <laughs> not man. that i know of Wow. Okay, this is not at all the game in my mind. I thought it and, was uh, no. It, it's a uh, and it's a it's a zombie survival game. So it's you know after a zombie apocalypse, and you know you've got hunger, thirst. You have to mine trees and rocks. And I all assume that it's kind cooperative since you've been. It's playing cooperative with your multiplayer. Yeah, um, you can play solo, of course. Um, and the reason why it's called Seven Days to Die is every seven days at midnight or 10 p.m., a red moon rises. And uh, at night, all the zombies can run really fast. Okay. And so they're not much of a problem during the day, uh, although there are occasional hordes that just run around, the, roam around the map. Uh, but um, at on the seventh day, during the entire night, there's just waves of zombies that just run straight at wherever you are and will attack you. So you have to have proper defenses built up in your base, which means, you know, like building walls, building rows of spikes around uh, those walls. Yes, yes, yes. This is the yeah. mat aspect for sure. Right, exactly. And then what makes it, what makes that aspect of it really interesting is that if you don't build correctly, you will get fucked because the zombies will just keep like digging through the blocks, you know, like yeah. the, if you have cobblestone walls, they'll dig through the cobblestone walls. And then if, uh, and the game actually has support necessary support structure built in. So you can, so let's say you have a roof over your building. If those zombies destroy the right blocks or the right series of blocks, your a whole side of your building will just collapse. That sounds really stressful. <laughs> and uh, it would be, but we're playing on pretty easy settings. Okay. And even on the easy settings, like especially those first 14 days when the, the first two waves of zombies happened, it was pretty stressful because uh, like the the second time the zombies attack, and they get worse like every seven days too. So the second, so at some point you're going to die. Uh, not really, because you you do at least when we were as we've been playing, we've been able to feel like we're just a little bit ahead of the next coming uh, red moon. And to be clear, it's it is like real time in the sense that it's not like it's not like day one load in to day two load in to day three. It's like 
you know, it's just like a, a clock is ticking the whole it's time. It's just a clock is ticking the whole okay. time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly. And, uh, so I think we have it set on the server. We have it. It's like 10 hour. It's like, what is it? Like, uh, 16 hours of day and eight hours of night. And then, uh, we have it set so that a complete day cycle is like 90 minutes. Okay. You know, uh, and the thing about the game is that like there's uh the the map auto generates a bunch of biomes but it also generates structures and towns and destroyed cars and trailer parks and oh, so you can go loot all that you can go and loot all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. like you know a trailer park is a really good source of iron because you can just start hammering the blocks that make up the trailers and just so you're in a sec, po- just getting the iron. trailers yeah, basically it's what it's right. like so is it blocky looking since it's voxels uh some of it is very blocky looking some of it is like uh, just regular models, and but stuff it's not like, like that. a real st- art style. Like it's not like a realistic art style. It's still yeah. Like- it's it's it definitely has a look of like uh um like a mid two thousands sort of blocky art style okay. where it's like it's uh it's that in fact that was one thing that kept me playing for this game for a really long time is because I don't really like the art at all. Like I I don't think it's very well done. Yeah. Um. I don't I don't find it appealing and the 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 lack of color saturation that's just in the world and stuff like that um yes this is a post-apocalyptic game but after a while it's just like man this is depressing yeah (laughs) and so you know like one of the reasons i love minecraft is because you know even if you were playing a mod where you're getting attacked by zombies and everything everything is colorful and pretty and like uh especially now especially now yeah yeah it's gotten really good looking and seven days to die has improved its look over the time too but it it could use a really major art overhaul yeah um the the uh it's a lot more fun than i thought it would be um there's a ton of building options you have an experience you have a level and experience system as well as a crafting tree and you level up skills as well by using them. And you can spend skill points on a bunch of perks. And all of those character progression systems combine really well because they make you want to specialize, especially different from the other people that are on your server. So my guy is really good at breaking down stuff. So if I have like a wrench and run into town and run into a trailer park, I'm the one that you want tearing apart all the cars and the bodies and stuff like that. So you guys already have designated roles you're going to fall into. Yeah. And and we sort of fell into them just by like choosing different things. And after a while we realized, oh, this character is actually good for this, not that. And so it's just, we've just been doing it over time. And I'm seeing what this game looks like. That's now what. we have designated rules. Oh, you're showing him seven. Yeah. Oh, it's actually, it's okay. I guess in my mind, I was picturing even more Minecrafty, but it's like a mix between Rust and it is. Minecraft. Almost. That's a good way to put it. It's, it's like Rustcraft. Yeah. And like, you know, unlike, so like Minecraft, any block in the world can be destroyed and you can build in blocks and you can also, you know, dig through the ground and stuff like that you can make holes you can make underground bases you don't want to make an underground base though unless you're not in it during the red moon because mm-hmm. the zombies will dig straight down to get yeah you. i was gonna say that they just like come through the roof at <laughs> <Yep>. you <laughs> yep <laughs> that's cool yeah and it's like there there's definitely some weird issues with the game like uh uh we've had problems connecting to the server uh, you know he'll launch the server and the first time it was fine but now i can't connect to it without like actually following him through steam you know yeah it just for no reason at all some jank yeah there's a lot of jank to it but uh it's remarkably good and the syst- and it's one of the most complete systems wise of those early access survival games that i keep trying to get into i, I mean might. one would think if it's been around for four fucking years yeah. i might yeah. check it out just because i'm curious you should we'll, you we'll just pay and, nothing well and yes but and the crew Matt runs 
friends with are all very nice people. So. <laughs> are they former Rust players? No, they're just Matt's longtime game friends. Yeah. But they're all just like, like even when I play pub with one of them, he laughs when he dies. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just always like a little joy. So like he just always makes it better. Yep. So. Yeah. That's my buddy Chris. He and I play a lot of games together. Yeah. He's just, he's just constantly laughing. Oh, I'm okay. Yeah. So like he'll, like he'll, so yeah, when we start up the server again, I'll just let you know that we're going to be on. All right. You can yeah, come help. Actually, us, this help talk to you makes me want to buy Minecraft on my switch just because I haven't played Minecraft. I love in a long Minecraft time. so much. So. I still love that game. Aren't Me they too. merging servers across platforms soon? Yeah, they are. That's a thing. That's going to be super cool. Yeah, and I yeah, and I I have, it's it might at least be partially nostalgia for the server that I used to run with Matt mm-hmm. and my friend Brian and all <laughs> yeah. these other people, and we just had a really great time playing together. So living relatively close, but where we each could look at each other's little kingdoms. Of course, <laughs> Matt's was the most extravagant because like I built for functional and like maybe a little looks and matt was always like look i got a fucking self-fulfilling farm i was like what are you talking about it's a perpetual motion machine but a farm so i like to make my stuff pretty yeah it's matt, been no, like no, no. six years i think since you guys really seriously played minecraft i remember you guys doing it at one of the first extra yeah. lives that we or the first extra life we did yeah here. yeah it's been a long time since we did the whole multiplayer thing yeah. 2011 wow I think what got me so into Minecraft originally was that it was a game that I could play on my IGN work laptop, so yeah. I could take it with me wherever I was. <laughs> yep. Since it was guard, it was. And then you got anything. stuck being the Minecraft guy at IGN. Yeah. Yeah. But, there, are worse, um, there are worse games to get stuck on. What yeah. Up? Seriously. What I, I played some uh, Breath of the Wild. Nice. I, oh. I was on. As I said, I had to go to a wedding. You don't uh, have a Switch, do you? Or, I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. I looked at that DLC and was like, eh. Well, so I'm not, I'm not talking. I didn't play the DLC. I okay. never, I never beat a Divine Beast. If, if, if oh it, shit, yeah. Like, so you got some. Oh, what best. am I saying? I knew you got a Switch. Um, yes, my brain. Yeah. It, it, well, so I yeah, I played it out of town. Uh, it's purely mobile. Um, as I, I actually have been playing most of that. Yeah, I played ninety percent of that game mobile as well. <laughs> and then the last the last time I picked up, it was in the middle of the Mount Doom. So I hadn't gotten to the Divine Beast yet. Um. But I like was getting at the mountain. Wait, hold on, you're doing like the lava mountain? Yes. And you haven't even done any of the divine beasts? Yes, yeah, so divine. Oh, we went a very different <laughs> route to me and you. Yeah. So. Well, I, I started down the path of the water one. I'm just referring to them as the elements because I don't. The water one is, the, I think, the first of most people because right. the game kind of beelines you that way. Right, right, right. And I did. I got there and I got to the electric arrow and got killed by the thing at the top of the mountain a couple times. I was like, "Fuck this!" And so I was like, "I'm gonna do other <laughs> shit and try to get more health." I guess. Um, and got all the way to the middle of the Mount Doom quest, and then um, picked back up and, and beat it, and then beat the water one. And I think the Divine Beasts are fucking terrible. I think they're the worst parts of that game. Wow. Like, by far. Wow. Turn off James's mic. <laughs> I like the beasts. I don't like the bosses. I, yeah, I thought the combination of all that stuff. Like, I, the, the puzzles are fine. I just think, like, they're not... The way that I felt like older Zelda dungeons can be really co- cohesive in their like thoughts, like I don't feel like these ever. Well, because each dungeon in the previous Zelda games is based around a thesis, i.e., a specific item that you acquire. Yeah, and the and these I guess have their like mm. things, which are like I guess the water one was like controlling the tusk. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I never played old Zelda that much, so I didn't have that sort of nostalgia. For me, I was just blown away when I did the water one first and stuff at. The fact that they were literally changing the map. 
Like that blew my mind that the I map was changing. From a game design I, perspective, like, that was I was like, that is too. fucking crazy that they made that happen. I I, 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 I was impressed like by that, like the scale of it, the way it's functioning. I just thought the overall function of a lot of these was relatively bad. Hmm. Like I, I, I wasn't having fun. Like the way that when I was going like wandering around the world, I think that's a way better part of the game oh most definitely and like that when when you focus it down into these like the puzzles are okay like i just never thought that again they weren't like they're in service of hit these four panels and then fight a boss yeah i mean finding the divine beasts and figuring out how to get to them configuring them yeah yeah again all the other stuff i think is great i think the like the lead-up quests are relatively interesting although i didn't i think about the stealth as part of Mount Dune was not all of the ever, any all stealth, stealth stuff in that, in that game, that game sucks. is bad. Yeah, but, yeah, but mm. like I just I, I just was kind of blown away that people thought. I, I, not to say that you can't like I just don't see the fun in any of that. Mm. It, I it, like the divine beasts. Yeah, I like them so too, there. but I mean, I could see I, hearing your reasons. I can see why you wouldn't. I mean, still climbing, just climbing mountains and finding shit is still the best part of that oh, game. Oh, completely. Like. like um, and then yeah, like I, I, I the powers like I actually thought were kind of relatively interesting as like another twist. Oh um, yes, yeah. right. How you get powers from each divine beast? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it in the Dota Skype because the Dota Skype talks about everything, not just Dota. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think Sam put his finger on it mm-hmm. in a way that I think that I agreed with somewhat in my review, which is that like one of the things that that Breath of the Wild actually fails on compared to previous Zelda games is like the sense of reward and achievement that yeah. you have for for doing things mm-hmm. and accomplishing things is drastically scaled back. Yeah. From when you open a chest, else. you're just like, Oh, well I guess I cool, got it's a breakable weapon. Yeah. Or some rupees. Like great. Yeah. yeah. Cause you get all your powers pretty much in the first hour. Yeah. And, and, and so it's just a matter of like, how am I going to use them? Do the more. Right. Yeah. So there wasn't that moment where you're like, fuck, I gotta go back to this place. Cause I just got the fucking, the hook shot. Yeah. So, um, so I I, I I enjoy my time with it, and also I tend to agree that I think the controls for that game aren't great, and that's not that's due to I think the actual device and not the actual game. Oh yeah, itself. It's, it, to me it's mostly the layout mm-hmm. of the of the the Joy Cons. The Joy Cons. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's not just, it's not just the position; it's also just the form factor of it is not good. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was hard. I, I was showing my sister. Um, I was just like it was like hard to grasp that like while i was like in a car like moving like i don't get it wasn't the motion sickness like i don't get motion sick but it was just hard to like i don't know like it just puts my hand in a weird position i mean i also didn't like that by default the motion controls yeah. for arrow shooting are on mm-hmm. like so the first time i was happening i was like i was like is my fucking stick broken or something like why is my <laughs> yeah, I and, off, and yeah. i yeah. think that the breath of the wild is often good despite the switch being what the switch is yeah. rather mm-hmm. than because of it yeah I mean, it was nice to be able. To, yeah, it was nice to be able to take it with me when I wanted. But, but yeah, as Arthur said, like, I don't think the, I just don't think the Joy Cons are that great. Like no. everyone who's like, man, I want every game on this. I'm like, no. Mm, if the if they made different Joy Cons that felt really awesome in my hands, maybe. I want ugly like, third party Joy Cons that look like a pro controller. That's what I mean. Yeah, I that I can slide on for sure. Yeah, I hundred percent would buy that. I, 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 these the Joy Cons are great for things that aren't precision based. Like they're great for RPGs or anything. Um, I played a bit of. Um, God, Gunvolt Striker, whatever the fuck that game is mm-hmm. called, Gunvolt something. Yeah, that sounds right. The, the one that you, the one that just came out, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like Mega Man, Azure Gunvolt Striker. I yeah, don't know. that's it. Yeah, yep. Mm. Um, 
I, I'm not going to talk to that game because I don't. I really don't understand it. Like I, <laughs> I, I just don't find it comfortable to use that get that system as a handheld. Like much like I didn't find the Vita comfortable or I, the 3DS comfortable for extended periods of time. Yeah, I would agree with that in the way that the, again it depends on what you're playing. Like I think it's totally fine for like a, like an RPG because you're that, that's yeah not, i'm just hitting face buttons it's yeah. fine also for like mario kart because you're just pulling a trigger yeah. pretty much like yeah. it's not such a big deal and, but and just tapping left and right pretty yeah much. it's like it's not such a big deal but Maybe yeah that's how you play mario kart <laughs> yeah that's how i play mario kart. <laughs> also but i also use a pro controller for mario kart you know so also uh, my sister is laughing at me because i've been using the or my fiance does what the infinite run glitch oh in in zelda which yeah. requires you to hold it like you have to the claw with the claw, you're flicking up, you're tapping the whistle button, which is, I forget which side, and then hitting the run button over and over. So yeah, you're just you're holding the controller in a super way, and she's like, why are you doing that? Well, you can... <laughs> you know, so I can get places faster. faster. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I almost never took a horse in that game Yeah, myself, just because... They're kind of a pain in the ass. They're a pain in the ass, and they can't climb everything, and I would always mm-hmm. want to stop and be like... I'm abandoning you here, horse. Yep. Good luck to you in life. <laughs> also, the first time I lost a horse, I had no idea horses in that game could die. It was a little... I know that there's some place, which 100 hours in that game I've still never found, where you can bring the horses back. I know that that exists. I just haven't looked it up. Yeah, everywhere. The stables. No, no, no. Oh, back when, to life. When it dies, there's a person that can bring it back to life. Mm. So I, I, I was riding with this horse, and I was like, I ran into one of those assholes. You know, like the guys that are harder than even the final boss. Lionels. Lionels. And I was like, ha, 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 fucker, I'm just going to run past you. And then he just, like, fucking bow-shotted my horse <laughs> with, like, one shot. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so. Yeah. Can you, do, do the horses in that game, can you summon them from anywhere? Or do you, yeah, as long as they didn't die. If you stable one and they're alive, you can whistle for a horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can bring them back. But if they die, then you got to find somewhere in the land there's a magical horse resurrector. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, there's a lot of hidden shit in that game that... Hmm makes for really awesome discoverability. Oh, yeah. like, like I said, the, I op- the open worldness of that game is phenomenal. I just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, that's why I don't really have much interest in the DLC because it doesn't do much to add more open worldness. Yeah, I'm not really interested in playing a harder version. Exactly. Like, I want, game. I want like, the equivalent of uh, Shivering Isles or something like that, yeah. you know, where they're going to mm. bring me to a new chunk which, of Which, I mean, the next DLC could theoretically provide in some capacity. Yeah, which is why I, like, didn't get this one, but I'm like, all right, the next one hopefully will be that. <laughs> but hopefully by by then, maybe I'll have a Skyrim to play. I don't know. Um, and the only thing, other thing is I've been just playing more Diablo, um, and I'm realizing that once you have adventure mode, that means you can just kind of power level anyone because you just turn it up to like torment one, and you're like, "I'm getting levels every two minutes." <laughs> and so that's if you can survive it. If you can survive, but uh, with my demon hunter, I found a there's like the continuous shot, like you hold it down, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's like a machine gun. So you're doing that and rolling. Uh, no, because basically what I found is I found a bow that it removes all uh cost from it only has a startup cost, and then it, you never run out. <laughs> So you just sit there and you just like mow people down. I see. And you have a paladin that, that uh, as a your follower, that basically uh, he tanks for you. He tanks for me, and then I put like the like area of effect uh, plus fifteen damage, and then like if you get close, I'll like use like the escape shot where you do like a backwards roll to get close to you. That game's real good. <laughs> I think it's real good. <laughs> I might do seasonal ladder stuff with Jay. Me, I'll, I'm down to do some of that. Yeah, actually, been meaning to go back to Diablo as well. I've been very much contemplating getting a Necro. So I just down- re-downloaded it the other day. Game. 
Yeah, I mean, the Necromancer. I know. I re-downloaded it just to see what all was new, and like, not only did it go through me like a walkthrough of several panels, like since you've last been on, but like, but like, I was like, oh Jesus, there's too much. Like, I went around and I just got overwhelmed. I was like, there's a lot. Like, I need, I basically need someone like you or Jay to basically be like. If you go through the story, it just actually introduces everything organically. Uh, not the like riff stuff though. Not but at least I would, stuff, at least like, I would understand crafting changes and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Like you, they go up to like level ten now, and like I, you, you can just go in and like spam them all the way up to the, the max now. With, if you have the gold, it's not that much. Okay. Once you, if, once you're playing like the torment levels, you'll get so much gold that it doesn't matter. <laughs> Remember like when, it's other crafting materials that are in short supply. Remember when there was a real money auction house? I yep. used to work with yeah. the guy who made thousands of dollars off of that. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his full-time job, though. Like, he didn't have a job at the time, and right. he just worked it full-time. Wow. The auction house, just, right. like, with spreadsheets and all that. I'm like, sure that the game was very fun for him when he did that. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> he was our balance person at Marvel Heroes, so yeah. <laughs> he was a number cruncher in general. Yeah. That was what he where he got his joys in life. Yeah. So. Well. Uh, what makes life spicy? Arthur, did you play anything besides End is Nigh? Um, and Dota, of course. I, mean, I actually have only played like a couple of games of Dota. Um, I was watching some MDL stuff, but fell off once EG blew it. What's MDL? Uh, the Mars Dota League, the Chinese uh, championship. Oh, they season. play on Mars. And so, was that for qualifying, mm-hmm. or is that just like no? A that side was league? it. Was just like a five hundred thousand dollar tournament. Like, uh, just $500,000. <laughs> for, I mean, they're like Valve literally sent out a press release today talking about how the TI7's price pool is $20.7 million I get it, but any other, e-sport, any other esports, even for games that are pretty big, like Rocket League, like they don't ever get a purse of like five hundred. dollars No, like, like there's functionally no ecosystem for those other games if they're not, so that's what I'm saying, they're yeah. not League or Dota. But even or, League, like their CSGO, price pools, yeah. like what, like... Like their big price pool for League is like what a few million dollars? Yeah, like, like two million. I guess it's, Halos, Halos, and Gears are pretty big because Microsoft seeds them. Yeah, so and, just and like, there was some stuff with Halo. You could buy like, yeah, the the rec packs yeah. contribute to the price. But pool. it was just like there's nothing like you know Dota where it's just like side tournament five hundred grand. Side tournaments for like a lot of games are like eh, thirty thousand dollars. You know, yeah, it's just like, right, right. <laughs> right, which is like split. Six Between, different ways. Right, yep. for a bunch of dudes that are living in an apartment together no, or something like, like that. When you hear prize pool, like that's not the number that the winner gets. That's no, how that's... much everyone wins. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. So like the winners of TI6 didn't get 20 points. Right, million. they got six or whatever it They was. got, I think, like seven eight. or eight. Yeah. Like split however many ways right. their organization splits that. Yeah, that yeah, that, yeah, that's nothing. It's not worth it. It's still- I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying that, like... I'm saying I'm quitting my job right here. I'm announcing it on the radio. <laughs> Team Solo mid for public players and Nuns Battlegrounds needs a fourth. They only have three. They're looking for their fourth. There you go. Yeah, I don't... You I found don't your next career. No, they're all, like, 20 years old for a reason. <laughs> right. you know what I mean, they're... But, I mean, so, but like, for Dota, be- like, a $500,000 tournament is, like, is mid-tier. Like, it's not big. Like even the stuff next season when they start their sort of seasonal breakdown for they Dota start at like a million. Yeah, like the the bigger tournaments start at a million, and the lesser tournaments are five hundred thousand. I think. Right. I think they're more than that. Okay. Well, maybe. I can look at the, I'll look at work. I've first. made poor career choices. I know people talk about like. Yes, yeah, oh. so you made a poor career choice of not learning how to play what is essentially a professional sport. Mm-hmm. 
God, I should have <laughs> worn football when I was a kid. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Everything would be great right now. Also, is everyone reading 1776 or whatever the... 1777-6 yeah. or whatever? No. Well, the thing about oh, Dota, I, I though, is, it, that, yeah. is that Dota is a game where you could potentially be good at with enough hours without having to have actual, like, ability to run for a long period of time. Well, that specifically, but I think that there's. I'm not saying that there involved. isn't skill, and yes, there is some physical talent, but it is not the same type of physical talent. Like basketball is not something that you can just be like, I'm just going to work my way into being good at basketball. Like, like no, there's like, you know, you have to have a very good functioning body. Uh, so minors will be minimum prize pool is $150,000. With an valid additional contributions, it will be another $150,000. So 300000 Yeah, and then majors will be five hundred and five hundred. Look up, like, a Rocket League tournament. I'm just curious. <laughs> I think it's, like it's a million. less. I know it's less, but they've made... I mean, that game has done very well for itself. I'm just curious what a Rocket League tournament is like. You know, because actually Team Solomid and all these... Com- I, I just, like, the other day was, like, on the Team Solomid website, just looking at what, <laughs> what all games they have teams for, because... As far as I, I mean, know, Evil Geniuses has Street Fighter players in the prize pool, so that shit are not big. Yeah, well, for now, for all, I, for I think for now, I, the only team that has a Battlegrounds team is Team Solomid, but I have to imagine that's a limited. I think time that, thing. that could change at some point, but they don't seem interested in building a competitive infrastructure for that game right I now. I don't really know not how you do moment, it. Yeah. yeah, like it's like it's like a weird thing. Like, I mean, to me, it's like the it seems eminently watchable because you. First of all, you're in third person most of the time, which means that if you are on somebody's camera, uh, if you're following a player uh, and their actual live camera, it's much, much easier to tell what's around them and what's going on for the spectator. And if like you had the ability to be a free flying spectator camera for or multiple cameras that you could cut to like, you know, any other kind of sports show, it's the kind of game where it's like. All right, I don't have to see this for I don't have to see what's happening in this person's first person camera in order to understand that that was a really amazing right, skill shot. Right, but it's that's like saying, okay, we're going to have football, but there's going to be this crazy random weather pattern that blows through and also a flock of birds that may or may not appear in front of your ball. Like there's too much random number generation in in pub as it is right now, for it to be like a true competitive. I'll be thing. curious to see what they do. Whether they oh, do, I see what you're saying. Whether yeah, they do the squads, I could also yeah. see them doing solo solo uh tournaments where it's like even four people from one team will drop in and they're actually against each other and it's actually more like you know like like a certain like cycling tournaments where you'll have several people from the same team but only one gets to win so they're like lightly competing with each other i mean cycling yes i mean maybe but some the part of the thing about the you know the random the randomness of the game yeah, definitely makes it so that certain people have an advantage and other people are very disadvantaged depending on where they draw from the plane and where the circle appears and what guns are available to them. Um, uh, but it, it definitely makes a th- it definitely makes it makes it exciting from an audience perspective. Oh, sure. I'm I'm just saying that like for competitors, like the more RNG there is, the less control they feel like they have yeah. over their yeah. destiny. And that's why like there's chaos knight in dota right. use like a, a lot of that character is based on rng in terms yep. of like damage ranges and, and like stun duration it's like not they don't have that character doesn't have a set hmm. stun duration it, it can range hmm. and so that's why a lot of competitors don't like it because it's just like i mean it's but too even, it's too un, it, even uh faceless void has like an rng aspect with well with i mean his. so there's it's different like with him because he has a static amount of bash damage 
Yeah. So like he has a one in five bash chance or whatever. Right. And attacks. I'm just saying though, that it is still a with, random hit that sometimes you'll be like three bashes in a row or you'll only get one like, with chaos Knight, And so, there's like RNG and there's like pseudo RNG in that game yeah. where if you do enough hits without getting that, that random chance, the next attack will be. Hmm. Right. Thing. I'm just saying Dota does have like, some, some shit that feels like bullshit sometimes because you're like, I can't believe right. you proc with much. chaos Knight, It's that, they are reliable use moves, but the duration and effect right. is random. Sure. Um, By the way, but, uh, our, uh, the Rocket League um, finals were 150000 for Season 3, 125000 for Season 2. Total prize pool? To- or? Uh, total prize pool. Yeah. yeah uh, a- and then uh, 55000 for Season 1. Is it Rocket League's 3-on-3? Three three? Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean... It's not. It's not terrible. Like it's not. No, it's it's just not employment money. Right. No. Like it's more like the Street Fighter scene. Those dudes aren't making employment. Right. Off and of that's it. like the the thing. Like is that there are very few games that lend themselves to like it being yeah. a job. Well, there's basically two. Yeah. League of Legends mm-hmm. and Dota. <laughs> no, it's more than that. Uh, Counter Strike. Uh, Might I think Counter Strike. Counter Strike. I don't. Think that's Halo true well if, and if you can get enough sponsors and stuff there's like there yeah call there's call of duty like the, the, i would say like the like the there's top, like 10 games the, yeah the top 10 games have people who can do it full time i'm that's not saying the entirety of yeah the okay but they're do, but they're doing a top 10 making like the living of like a minor league baseball player you know they're, yeah, not but they're, all, they're like, also not living out here so that, that's totally level wage yeah i'm just saying that i guess what i'm saying is they're not like like there are some Dota players out there who are winning, who can live like basketball players, yeah. NBA players, because yeah. of the money they're winning. <laughs> and then there's these dudes who are winning, who are like, I have a f- five year old used car, and you know, it's just like it is different sure. lifestyles as a result of being it's like the people best. People who play on the pro tour who aren't in the top ten, right, for the PGA. It's like they make <laughs> right a few thousand dollars, right, and then they game. have some sponsorships, and yeah, and then they have something else that they do, and then they teach at a club. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, yep. Anyway, esports. A lot uh, of NASCAR drivers don't make a whole lot of money either. Yeah, I imagine not. So yeah, I, I actually have not played much Dota because I've been doing other stuff. Uh, but uh, yesterday, like last week, I talked about how I downloaded Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, because I wanted to sort of like dip back into it because it's summer and nothing else is out. Um, and so never got very far in that. Really, I really like. Nope, it. I, I pretty much. You, that's such a good shit. I saw you get far. In that <laughs> no, game I because never. I saw you fucking blow away everyone in Gamora. Right, but that's pretty much where I stopped. Like around that's there. That's far. That's that game far is that not game. as long as as the other Fallout. And it has games. a very encapsulated story compared to so the other. Three, I mean, I feel like I got like fifteen hours or into it or something. Yeah, that's about halfway through, if not farther. Uh, okay, I guess I was just thinking that that's not. Yeah. No, it's really not as long as the other games. Hmm. Um, I love so anyway, it. I love that story and the way that the factions tie into each other. Are you playing like you did before? Or are you playing something? I just new? started a new game, and no. I'm going to play however I want to play. I'm not really thinking about like, oh, I'm going to role play this or RP this RP well, this sure. kind of character. I, I guess I was even just referring to maybe like, are you trying out different perks or playing a different way than you normally so, would? There's a lot that I forgot about that. This is a really weird game like especially positioned next to bethesda stuff Mm. like looking at it it is a fallout game yeah but the way it starts is totally different it starts with an extended cinematic yeah like which no other bethesda game does like because they're much more like invested in immersion as opposed to story Mm -hmm. uh and so it starts with like the whole thing about you being the courier and you're like and like establishing the dynamics of the world 
right, uh, right. and then showing how you got fucked. <laughs> uh, and then like the building a character in the doc's house. Um, and actually that character creator is a little better than I remembered it. Cause I created a reasonable me facsimile and granted I'm a bald white dude. So it's a lot <laughs> easier than it is for some people. Right. But, um, but I forgot about like the little like personality machine you use to pick your skills. And there's the personality test that I don't remember those. So there are yeah. tag skills yeah. in Fallout New Vegas like there were in Fallout 3. So those are the three skills that will level up faster if you use them. That's right, yeah. Um, and the way that it determines what those are is by answering a series of questions. <laughs> and nice. then you can, yeah, you can reset them and pick whatever you want. Sure. Or you can do that. And right. also, the most obsidian thing about the game starting out that none of the Bethesda games have ever done is it that it makes you pick traits, oh. <laughs> not perks. Right. And the thing about traits, uh, if you haven't played it or or you haven't played it in a long time, is that like every trait is both a benefit and a negative. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you pick the glasses trait, your perception is plus one if you wear a pair of glasses in addition to whatever the glasses give you, and minus one without them. Mm -hmm. Um, And other stuff is like if you are like man of the people or whatever, like you get a plus five bonus to your charisma and repair and medicine and some other stuff and like a minus five to guns and explosives and all this other shit. And, and then there's the wild wasteland perk, which is by far the most obsidian perk in that game, which just is like, if you want to be super serial about this game, do not use this because otherwise (laughs) weird shit is going to happen. (laughs) Um, so of course I picked that. Right. Of course. (laughs) Who wouldn't pick that? That's like not picking the mysterious stranger. Right. You have to pick the mysterious stranger. (laughs) I've actually, uh, never picked the mysterious stranger in any of the The mysterious stranger is great in fallout three, but it's even better in fallout four. Like in fallout. And I've heard that in fallout four, like Nick sees the stranger. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that before. Like he's like, who was that? Or he's what? like, did you see that guy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, Nick sees the mysterious stranger. <laughs> I don't know if it ever explores that any any further, but yeah. the fact that someone sees him, right? He's not just like a collective hallucination, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that is really cool. But anyway, so like Fallout New Vegas is just like all. They also added hardcore mode, which lets is that you new? like. Uh, I mean, it was like a month or so after it came out, which oh, is like okay. stim packs heal over time. Mm. Like limb damage is much more severe. You need to drink water. You Thirst, need to eat yeah. food. Mm. Ammo ca- has a weight, which in Fallout 3 it also did, I think. Uh, or maybe yeah. it didn't in Fallout 3, but it did in Skyrim. Yeah. Like arrows Having to eat right. and drink seems like you'd end up needing a lot more rat away, basically, too. There's more clean water sources in Fallout New Vegas than there are in Fallout 3 and 4, because like the premise Depends, is that... Yeah. Is not as many missiles hit Vegas right, as right. other things, and also there's the Hoover Dam, um, so it's in some ways less irradiated than the rest of the wasteland. Um, it's just a natural wasteland, <laughs> and so you're just introduced to all this stuff in a way that feels very distinct from the rest of the games, and like the weapons are totally different, and they've rebalanced all the enemies in a way that makes them harder in a lot of ways, um, but um. The thing that stuck out to me the most before I even started playing it is that in all of the 360 and PS3 era Bethesda games, you can look at what downloadable content you have installed from the main menu Mm -hmm. and then navigate to the store to buy it. Right. There's someone screaming outside. It's very Oakland outside of my window right now. Um, So if we not scary screaming though, just it sounds like people being excited, which is always the nice thing. That's actually my neighbors downstairs. Okay. Well, that's fine. Teenage daughter screaming. Okay. 
I I find that pretty fucking disturbing. Actually, yeah, I'm gonna bit. have to text my landlord soon. Yeah, uh, she's angry. Yeah. Anyway, so there were four downloadable content releases for Fallout New Vegas. Uh, Fallout New Vegas is like four bucks on the Xbox Store a week or so ago for the hmm. game sale. All of the DLC still full price, still ten dollars per release. Huh. Jesus. That's there super weird. Not including like the perk packs or like yeah. the ammo or weapon packs. There's forty dollars of story DLC for that game on the wow. Xbox store. I don't remember if I ever played the DLC. I for didn't that play or not. any of it. And yeah. like before I saw the price, I was like, oh, there's a bunch of story DLC I never played, so I mm-hmm. should totally get that. And then I looked at it, I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not spending forty dollars <laughs> in addition to what I paid a second time for this game. Uh, and so I actually went on Amazon mm-hmm. and bought a physical copy of the Ultimate Edition. Because <laughs> that, that comes codes, with a disc, right? but right. it also is full of codes for all the <laughs> DLC. And that was $12. <laughs> so I will have a second physical copy of Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> so that I could buy the DLC for cheap. Right. <laughs> um, That's... That's crazy that the DLC, digital DLC, yeah. is still ten dollars each when that is an option. Is it though? It, it seems to me like the kind of thing no. where where somebody no. would just like they put it up on the store and they just left it there. And no, never they make it cheap. They like put it. the game on sale so that they can sell the DLC. Oh, I guess that could be the cynical way to look at it. That's not. That is the <laughs> way. That is not the way to look at it. That is. That is reality. Yeah, like, I, I was just thinking that like somebody just didn't bother. That to is look the at that entire reason for the free game ecosystem we live in right, right now. Like, right. is so that they can sell DLC and MTs to people like all the time. Loot that crates. is the entire purpose of EA Access. That is why Battlefield One is on the EA Access Vault already. Mm-hmm. That's why certain things like Paragon partially exist to mm-hmm. get you into that ecosystem. Not only yeah. that, but also to get you using the Unreal Launcher. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, just like you're there, you're now you're in their world. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, I played like an hour and a half last night, and actually it was having quite a lot of fun. And so I'll probably do that more. And then when the DLC shows up on Friday, I will feel fine installing it because there's no way I'm going to be far enough in that game for it to make a difference. Yeah. By the time I get it, does it still feel? Uh, does it still feel like you know a good competent FPS? No, absolutely not. No. Like I. Playing Fallout 4, like, I think that people's re- recollection of Fallout 3 in New Vegas is mm-hmm. skewed. Mm. This Fallout 4 more or less plays like a shooter, like, yeah, much more so than the, game, than the series ever has. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I, I actually, when I play Fallout 4, hardly <clears throat> use VATs. I all. use VATs all the time still, but I don't have to. But in three, I've if every time I shot without VATs, I was like, oh, Jesus, oh, get yeah, VATs yeah, points everything back. Everything is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is still that it it mm. does not control well like it doesn't <laughs> it is not that game right 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 um but it's interesting going back and playing the way that fallout was before they changed it because like now it's like oh if you walk around like an asshole sneaking all the time that actually gives you experience points mm-hmm. or like that makes that skill better like mm-hmm. especially if it's a tag skill right it has that old, um, that system yeah yep thank you for that does it uh does it uh does it allow you is there any of the dlc that allows you to build settlements no. Not interested. No, obviously not. <laughs> but it, it's just like going back, it's like, oh, right. That's what this game looked like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But also, I really do respect both the way that Bethesda's games, regardless of the, the graphics tech, like the ways in which they established believable environments, sort of like environments that you could invest in as for what they were. Yeah. 
but also that Fallout New Vegas does look distinctive from Fallout 3, um, despite the fact that it uses a lot of the same assets and yeah. is basically like the same engine, the same shit. Well, like um, I've said a couple of times, I've always been a fan of Obsidian storytelling. Sure. And like I like the I like the chant when they're when they get to pick up somebody else's IP somebody else's IP and do like a, a different story in that same universe. Then it allows them to, you know, play with the you know, the formula a little bit and tell a story in a different way. That like maybe and, you couldn't in like a serial fallout. And I think that like the thing about New Vegas that I'm remembering already is that like as far as story and characters, Fallout New Vegas is much more developed. Yeah. But as far as the world and the fiction, Fallout no. 3 and 4 are just like yes. way, way past what Obsidian is doing. Because that oh, yeah. is not where Obsidian's interest lies. Nope. Nope. Um, Character-driven story development, for yeah. sure. Let's let Obsidian make a Mass Effect game. Seem like anybody's going to be making a Mass Effect game <laughs> for quite some time. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much all I need these days is Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer. God, yeah, cool. You'll keep getting. getting it, and literally nothing else. <laughs> well, they they've been continually updating it with like every time an update comes out, it's good shit. Like the most recent one added another character. Well, I'm glad that it's so good that you like that. But they've also like essentially pulled everyone else off of that game. Anyone who's not working on multiplayer is no longer on that game. They're all on, Anthem, on Anthem or Dragon yeah. Age, yeah. which means no DLC, which is a pretty big fucking bummer because that yeah. game ends. That game doesn't really end on a cliffhanger per se. No, but it doesn't. It definitely like there's feels... so many dangling plot exactly. threads, especially if you do like the the father's memory side quest thing. Yep. Like there's like massive threads. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that it leaves hanging. Like did you do? Did you? Oh, I did that? all those. So you yeah. found the secret. Yes, I did. I found it's the like, secret. And you're just yeah. never gonna pick up on that. Nope. Really? Right. I that it really pisses me off. Yeah. Like. I agree. The way that they're abandoning that game because people, I think, bought into Andromeda expecting, even after they played through it, that some of the the threads that it leaves hanging would be addressed. And I mean, I'm sure everyone thought that, and then they said, "How much is that going to cost?" No. Nope. <laughs> well, they've got to be making some money on the multiplayer with the way that they continue to support it, and the fact that I never have trouble finding any game at they any They will level. continue to support the multiplayer until that game, for that game to go in the Axis Vault. Yeah, because once it's free, then they can just sell microtransactions. Right. Yeah, and there's definitely it, the the great thing about the multiplayer is that it's microtransaction enabled. But you, I don't, I've never felt like I needed to it engage in feel them. Pay to win. No, and uh, and it still surprises me. Like I'll play a, a character class that you know I'll be like, all right, this one kind of looks like the Turian. Uh, what is it? The Turian Shock Trooper. I'm like, oh, that their abilities look a lot like the soldier. They'll probably play a lot like the soldier. Nope, completely unique, completely different. Like this character's abilities, I've gotten it up high enough. It's all about aerial combat. So you know how you can do the the jump and the dash, dash. and you can also do the jetpack and like float in the air, like just by holding the the right mouse click or whatever. Um. This character gives you like if you go down this path, it gives you all kinds of bonuses if you if you're hovering. So there's ones that so basically at this point, it's I've got one that um, extends my hover for every enemy that I kill while I'm in hover, uh, and it um, it shrinks the it makes my gun it shrinks the reticle so it makes my gun more accurate and uh, fire quicker. And then you can combine it with turbocharge, where it in- increases the size of your clip, and you fire really fast and do extra damage. Which is another one of the abilities. 
And the great thing is, is like you can be running and you can jump in the air. And once you start hovering, you'll just start like gliding over the battlefield because you'll continue your momentum like in, kind of in a straight line wherever you are in the air. And uh, every other every other character class, when you're in the air, you're basically just a pin cushion for any of the enemies to shoot at you. But you get a bunch of damage resistance and everything like that with this particular character's perk tree. And so I'll just jump into the air and I'll have like uh, an assault rifle or one of the pistols that have a really large clip and I'll just start flying, drifting over the battlefield, killing guys, which will extend my hover, kill this guy, extend my hover. And I can drift across the entire battlefield, just flushing everybody out of color, cover and killing them. And it's such an aggressive, open play style compared to so many of the other characters and mess and that's the way it is like with all those classes. There's the melee classes that can charge. There's the sniper classes, which mostly stay in one spot. There's people in the middle. There's people that are really combo heavy and power heavy. And like, it surprises me how many different classes there are with different sets of abilities, how many, how different those abilities are and that they are all fun. And that I'm still being surprised when I jump into a new class that I haven't played yet. It sounds like the most polished and supported part of that game. <laughs> I think it might be. So yeah, that's yeah. a low bar, but yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to read some emails? Yeah, but we should break real quick so I can get my phone. Letters being read by a real human. <laughs> it At least one of them said, "Please don't read my name." So please, or please don't read my email Hold on. address. Okay. Well, I never read their email address. Um, okay, still. But I'll just put. It, I'll start linking them all out on my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I do sell all of your email addresses for sure. Oh yeah. So anytime you get those random phone calls, that's because of us. How do you think so, we pay for this podcast? Yeah. I've noticed people do put our podcast out of my goddamn. Bank account. <laughs> Letters that eat dash sleep dash game. Sometimes people definitely enter that into weird websites, though. Oh, because yeah. some yes, of the things do. we get are like, you want some Puma shoes? You want sex toys? You want like, I'm just like, God <laughs> damn it, people. I'm actually um, in the market for both Puma shoes and sex toys, weirdly enough. Uh, huh. Ryan writes in and says, from nostalgia to utter disappointment. He says, when I was a kid, the first system I had was an Odyssey 2, which was one of the many Atari ripoffs of the early 80s. The graphics were terrible, and the games were unoriginal 2600 clones. I had a friend with a ColecoVision and the Smurfs game. I remember the game looking incredible and playing wonderfully, and it carried the idea with me for years as it seemed so advanced compared to my games. So I made the mistake of looking it up in YouTube recently and was completely disappointed in what a dog shit game it turned out to be. I should have never ruined my memory like that. Anyhow, what's an older game that you remember absolutely loving that turned into a massive disappointment when you revisited it later? Everything. Goldeneye in yeah, particular. Goldeneye. Yeah, oh. I don't know to say anything from that era. Any, any like, of the first-person shooter stuff that was, like, the non-Nintendo, like... Yeah, Area 51 was a PS2 Xbox era game mm-hmm. that was not the light gun shooter, but, like, a, a first-person like shooter where you even gave orders and stuff starring and, David Cubney and Marilyn Manson. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> we talked about that on the show. And yeah. And like, I, I remember just being blown away by that game and now you go back and it's like, it's almost unplayable because it's running at like 14 frames a second the whole time. <laughs> remember black? 
and black is another one but black yeah. is actually still mostly playable mm. but now you go back and the environments look like utter shit like <laughs> because they were doing so much of destructibility like the, the we're yeah. bad 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 looking mm. and lots of particle effects yeah but that came out of a severe cost like there's only one type of enemy running around the entire game and yeah. stuff but yeah it's just like in general like ps2 and Nintendo 64 era games mm-hmm. that were like trying to do 3D realism, like yeah. oh man, they look bad. Whereas yeah. like some Dreamcast stuff aged pretty well. Yeah, I feel like um, games with that were going for a style, like yeah. Soul Calibur. I think Soul Calibur actually ages really well. aged decently. Yeah. Um, Virtual on aged decently. Power Stone. Yeah, aged Power okay. Stone. <laughs> I mean, visually, I don't think power. Yeah. I don't. I think game control wise, Power Power Stone is like an inch deep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, a lot of Saturn stuff aged extremely poorly. You ever uh, gone back and look at YouTube videos of original WoW? Yeah. God, no. that game looks so different. Like, uh, does it? Yeah. yeah it, like, it, it came out in 2004, man. It was huge. It looks so different. It was, it was well, so much lower res. And, like, kind of more bland. Yes, very bland. Like, like the, they introduced a lot more color and, like... Yeah. They were clearly focused on, like, this is Warcraft. We are a serious MMO. And they've gotten just more and more silly and colorful over the years. And well, yeah, to the, and game, to the game's benefit. To, like, other realms and everything yeah. that weren't just, like... Yeah. The original release of Half-Life 2 did, did not age as well as a lot of people think it did. But they've updated no. it fairly recently. Yeah, yeah I was watching... I think we talked about this last yeah, week. Yeah, the, the awesome game. The summer game done quick version. Yeah, and, like, G-Man's face still looks pretty good yep for um yep like all the like id tech 3 era games Mm -hmm. just have not aged well deus ex deus ex yeah i mean a lot of stuff yeah but deus ex's story and voice acting is still really good but the game itself doesn't look good nes and super nes stuff has aged remarkably well yeah um, I oh. find old Repu- like uh, Knights of the Republic as someone who never played the original. Uh, going yeah. back to that is a challenge. Yes, like uh, after hearing okay. so much acclaim for it, you yeah. know, and trying to play it now, I'm just like, Oof, this interface is rough. Well, and espe- especially like, especially like the first the first planet is like that, and that's oh, just it. God. I've played I've tried to play that game several times, yeah. and I am a Star Wars fan. But getting yeah. through that first planet, I always bounce off of it because I'm yeah. like, this is so boring. Figuring out who I got to talk to yeah. so I can go get this fucking key card. It's really boring, and it's also the worst art in the game too. Like that planet is the ugliest planet by far. Are you playing on an iPad this time? But I also played it on PC and stuff before mm-hmm. as well. I thought maybe on iPad I could play it on my bed a little bit, but the environments are so big and empty mm-hmm. and same looking that I'm just like, I don't want to figure out how to get this fucking key card to get past these guys because <laughs> right. of a quarantine. I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I don't care enough to give a shit yet. I mean, but you, but yeah, if you can get past that quarantine, like the conversation systems and the conversation trees and the voice acting uh, is also compelling that like you want to do it because you want to have the next conversation in that yep, game. We'll see. Maybe I'll just use a guide to get off the first planet. Or I something. think that everything from like 1997 to 2003 has aged extremely badly. Yeah, because yeah. that was a pretty big shift in the way that people were trying to do games. Yeah. And just like the technological capability of those systems. Like I was explaining to a coworker recently that like, a lot of people remember like PS2 and Xbox era games looking really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember but being blown away by GTA 3. three. Yeah, like, that game looks like dog shit now yeah. Yeah. to oh, start yeah. with. And also, like the games that people remember from that era, like looking really good, were Xbox games at the very end of that console's life mm-hmm. cycle. Yeah, because like 
the root of the modern graphical era is rooted in the hardware that was in that console. Like yeah. the whole like normal map pixel shader, like way of doing things was something that people did not going to handle on, on that system until like 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, with really Escape from Butcher Bay and Doom. Mm-hmm. Republic and Commando and... Republic Commando doesn't look good. Republic, that game was also Republic on, Commando, the character models for the soldiers look good and nothing else does. Um, <laughs> that's pretty also, it was on PS2 and GameCube. Yeah. Um, but like Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Gaiden Black are, is a game that used a lot of very advanced stuff. Yeah. Man, I remember those games looking... I mean, yeah, those games. Amazing. Looked, those games you looked at in magazines, and you were like, "That's just cutscenes. Like, right, they, they yeah. can't, that can't be on the game." <laughs> like, right. remember, like Halo One to Halo Two, was like a huge, huge difference. Just like, see, and I think that's what, like, when people think, like, "Oh, that's the next graphical jump." Like, no, we've just kind of hit a plateau of like you can get higher res, but like, there's no, there's not going to be that ju- the type of jump anymore. Now I it's think that we, little we, things we we have actually recently hit like a jump that I think that isn't fully being exploited yet, but mm-hmm. will be, which is like physically based rendering. Yeah. Definitely. Which is the thing that like, that's one of the reasons why so much dice stuff looks yep. really good and why star Wars in particular looks yeah, so good. Cause now yeah. we can add a bone to an armor plate so that it shifts when a guy runs mm-hmm. realistically. And not only that, but like just like realistic material simulation and something that isn't hard, Like there is like a workflow in place to make that stuff look the way it's supposed to. And for light to function on it the way it's supposed to. like I mean, I think a lot of it, though, is in stuff like rigs and stuff like that in the sense that you can go back and look at, like, PS2 era, how many bones a guy could have. It was probably less than 20. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And nowadays, there's probably more than 40 in the face alone. Right. Like, it's just, like, mm-hmm. it's crazy, the articulation that can be done. Like, and, it, and it's stuff like, you know, stuff that you could usually only see in PC games. And I'm thinking, like, you know, the costumes and stuff. And, like, I remember in Witcher 1 just being, like... My God, these costumes look so good. And then, you know, going and playing Dragon Age and being like everything looks like, you know, low res garbage textures with no poly with no extra polygons to spare. And now if anything doesn't, you know, if the costumes, you know, don't look like they're basically real materials hanging off real bodies, then the game doesn't look like it's up to proper snuff anymore. Right. Yep. It's impressive. Yeah. Where we've come. Brian writes in and he's from Austin, Texas. He wants us to know that. That's a good nice. place. It's a good place. There are a lot of older video games that will probably never become backwards compatible or be playable on current consoles because of licensing issues, whether it be music or IP related. Mm. I feel like this licensing issue never happens to movies or TV shows. Why is it different for video games? Oh, it absolutely happens yeah. to TV all shows. The time. Yeah. All the time. Uh, what, something recently had all the music stripped out and it like completely... Every MTV show. Every yeah. MTV too, yeah. Like yeah. every MTV Daria show from the nineties and aughts, on like anymore, yeah. if it came to home video, it came without the music. Yep. Getting uh, perpetual licenses for stuff is is impossible. But that's much, why yeah. a lot of TV yeah. shows they just do their own scores. Yep. Like because uh, it's cheaper is. to pay for your own score than it is to like license something in perpetuity. It's funny watching this happen to but shows movies, that are though, still in development. In movies, sometimes we'll have an iconic song that they'll oh, yeah. pretty much keep a license perpetually. Sure, but, but that's they probably different. pay out the nose like, for That's it. like for a work that is like to be distributed. Like they had home video licenses for stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas with TV yeah. shows, it wasn't something that was an issue until DVD. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. stuff goes like back in. Like sometimes it, it, they aren't producing new versions of a movie per se. Right. Right. Or, right. Um, I mean, I guess get, like if it's licensed to like a streaming service, then they obviously are continuing to license it. But that doesn't mean they're. And that that still requires it, but if you're not like things go back in the vault 
And that's mm-hmm. what it means. It's like they don't have the license for it to make <laughs> more. So they'll go out and do relicense it in five years and then yep. produce and the, more. The licensing budget for movies tends to be much more. I don't want to say it's not much larger, but like is is more efficiently applied as opposed yeah. to a TV show where it's like you have a lot of stuff and there's so many episodes, but like you can watch this happen with certain shows. Now, like if you watch supernatural on Netflix, like the first two seasons, I think have a shitload of licensed music. That's just not there. Like there's like this bizarre butt rock placeholder shit. And then as stuff, as time went on and the studio got more savvy about negotiating it, like that licensed music starts to come back. And that's a really big deal for that show. That is a show that like, it's so relies very heavily on like, Music, classic rock yeah, definitely and and to like not be able to have hell's bells in right the fucking like opening <laughs> part of that show that's a fucking problem yeah, yeah yeah but the the show that kicked this off that kicked a lot of these conversations off was the wonder years oh yeah because the wonder oh, years was sense. huge in syndication yeah. but it never it would not come to dvd and everybody wanted to know why and it's because there was so much music from the 60s and 70s in that show that they just could not get the rights to put in yeah, on in TV. The, uh, I'm just thinking about something like Friends. And mm-hmm. You know like how the song at the beginning of Friends, it's like a real song from a real band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you'd never heard of it until Friends. Probably because that was a song they could license for super cheap. And I don't like, remember if it existed or if they had them write it for that song. Right, but either way, it made show. sense to like get someone to write something sure. for yeah. you. But if you look at like stuff like Daria and Beavis and Butthead, yeah. like right, they had all that '90s music. Even and stuff. now, like on MTV Two, all the music is gone. Like yeah. there is like placeholder music that sounds kind of like era appropriate shit, but all <laughs> the licensed music is totally gone. What's gonna be crazy? Yeah is like I own a couple seasons of person of interest uh, on a digital service. My friend wrote on that show. That's Hmm. interesting. Yeah. I I like that show a lot. Um, I think I've talked about it on the show. It was like, that's a show. That's Jim Caviezel. Yeah. And Jesus, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, from lost Michael Emerson. Yeah. Um, that's a show that, has like 24 episodes per season but really should only be 10 because <laughs> like the, the like the lore of that show is really fucking cool yeah it's um but yeah like rockstar stuff struggles with this even yeah. even like hitman contracts wasn't on pc for a really long oh. time because they had to take a song out of it it was yeah it was um it's clutch yeah but that and uh alan wake just went off because they ran out of music license. That, yeah, that's right. is. Did they confirm that or was that speculation? Mm-hmm. No, they, yeah. they've straight up said because the soundtrack to that game was fucking bananas. Yeah, including David Bowie. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah. I, so so stuff stuff like that is it's really sad that like licensing can tie up a creative work like that because yes, you're an artist, you make something, it goes into somebody else's creative project, you deserve to get paid. But the we place far too many restrictions on what can go where. And, you know, it's, uh, I think it, I think it harms the landscape overall. And it's definitely a problem for older games that probably didn't have that big a budget to begin with and weren't really thinking beyond. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's functionally abandoned where that someone just has the rights to republish. Yeah. Um, but it is something that is being considered now and not Mm -hmm. just because of new platforms, but in part because of streaming. Because streaming opens up like a whole new area of liability for the people playing the games and the people making them, which is why increasingly games have streaming modes that remove licensed tracks from gameplay. Like uh, you mentioned Alan Wake Mm -hmm. and its license (laughs) problems, but like 
Quantum Break has a streaming mode. I didn't know that. Where you enable it in the menu and like none of the licensed music in the game is in there. Because wow. that game has like... A, it has a lot yeah. of licensed music. And so that turns it off, which makes the game a little weird, but nobody's yeah. going to get fucking sued. Right. Or get copyright strikes against w- their YouTube w- or Twitch I wonder accounts. if right. they, when they were building Alan Wake, they built that in... Or sorry, uh, Quantum quantum break that they them seeing what was coming up with alan wake were like fuck we need to build this in i wouldn't be surprised yeah Yeah. um yeah but yeah that would make sense it's uh we're going through this uh the licensing thing right now with outerlands we've actually hired somebody outside of the company to like go through our episodes and double check everything that we need to license and like helping us track it all down because i mean the 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 truth of the matter is is that like uh Every video game, every movie out there is licensed as much as they have to. You know, like if you have a just a straight up lawyer do it, they'll say you have to license everything to the nth degree. But the truth is, is that's impossible. You're never going to license everything that you possibly could have to avoid getting sued. Yeah, it's like logos and stuff like that. Or you like do enough that you hope yeah. no one ever calls you on your shit. Exactly. And, and it's like, all right, well, there's a... You know, there's a logo in the background somewhere, uh, and it's like, well, that particular logo, you know, it's it's in a documentary production, so we have a lot of leeway. But let's say it showed up in a fictional production, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, the let's say it was fucking Coke, and Coke might be like, well, I could sue this, I could sue these filmmakers, but it's going to cost me more in legal fees <laughs> to sue them. It's like the recall like, lawyers. Yeah. yeah. Is this worth the recall? <laughs> right. So... Yeah. yeah, it's it's very complicated and it's very messy, and our country is pretty fucked up when it comes to all those systems. Copyright, but yeah, I mean, like, it's it's good that some companies are starting to look harder at this, and it certainly yeah. seems like something that Microsoft, out of everybody, is the most on top of as far as like sort of helping people guide stuff mm. back onto their platform mm. after like a potentially ruinous amount of time has passed right. to to make the copyright shit work. Right. But it is, I mean, the, there are games that will never be backwards compatible before that reason. Womp womp. False stream on Twitter writes and says, with the popularity of Battlegrounds, do you think big games like Call of Duty will implement a similar game mode yes. in the future? Yeah, we, we talked about this. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess, but they'd have to have a server. They can't do 100 people or anything even close to that peer to peer. I just feel like there's any way. Mm, so. A lot of those games have swung back towards dedicated servers, though. Call of Duty never has, though. So that's the one. Uh, Call of Duty dedicated no, servers? I feel like there's been like one or two Call of Duty games. Yeah, they, yeah like but Modern, Call- Modern Warfare Remastered definitely has dedicated servers. Okay, well, maybe that one, but like Advanced Warfare and, and Black Ops 3, I'm pretty sure you still use peer to peer. They might have, but I, there's a few. I think the most recent two games have used. It's not every single match. Maybe the, there's an option or something? It's not like an option. You just get match made into dedicated or peer to peer. Is it mm-hmm. like connected to DLC ownership? I, I don't. I don't. Well, no. there's no I way you could Gears support. Of War 3 did that shit. They're like dedicated servers, yeah. and then the asterisk, as long as you won the season. Well, I've, pass. I've, I've, yeah. just heard, I've heard people in that community talk about dedicated servers, and that's. I admit I that I could be wrong, but I'm, my only point is that there's no way without dedicated servers you could have no, matches no. that that size. Right. Like, peer-to-peer would just not work. Yep. So. Even with dedicated servers, though, like, if any I mean, company is going to be too cheap to really make it work well, it would be Activision. Because so. even EA sucked at that for this console generation at first. Remember the tick rate mm-hmm. shit, Battlefield 4? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it would work in a game that's fully first-person. I don't know. Um... I mean, you can play Battlegrounds fully first person, and no one ever does, but you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
I feel like that type of mode, like, obviously there's going to be Me Too's. Like, there's already one that came out on Steam. Like, Battlegrounds is, is a Me Too. Is a Me Too. Well, I mean, well, to be fair, it is it's a... It's doing... It's evolving, but... Battlegrounds is a Me Too off of the mod made by the original creator who is also working on Battlegrounds. Like, he made the original Battle Royale mod for, like, Arma 2, mm-hmm. and then 3, and then there was H1Z1, King of the Kill, and then there was Battlegrounds. But there's also now another game on there that most people don't find. I just went looking in Steam, mm-hmm. and there's another game called Last Man Standing, and it is literally a, a, like a straight-up clone. So. <laughs> but I think we're already getting some of this stuff, like the stuff announced at E3 with the dude like shoutcasting on stage. Like I'm, I'm speaking um, more of Last Man Standing type games. I like think that, that, that was more like sort of esports mixed with Ark Survival Evolved stuff. That game was in development before... Like in H1Z1. Like it was in development before Battlegrounds. Well, yeah, so and, and on Xbox yeah. One right now, you can download and play The Culling, which is like a 24 or 18 person yeah. version of that same game. Hmm. It's very Hunger Games, like straight up to where there's like a score screen on the dome and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But, yeah, but I definitely think like there will be a big modern franchise. Or not modern franchise. I mean, called, Battlefield yeah. already supports 64 players in the yeah. map, right? They yeah. could. Yeah. Like they could do it. It doesn't have to be a hundred players. Sixty four in the right size map would still feel good. Yeah, I, I, I would. I have no doubt that someone is probably just like bait or not baited, but like making prototypes within at some company to be like, can we can we make our engine do this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm like Dice could. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Three four three probably could. Um, I think act like all the Call of Duty studios would have problems. Like, because none of those games operate on that scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mag 2. Mag 2. There you go. <laughs> that company is defunct, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mag 2 developed by some house in Austin. So. They, they, they pray it. It's just, it's just Mag yeah. again. Yeah. Was it... Did Zipper people form Psionics? Well, there's definitely Jeremy, but I don't know if there's other Zipper people. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, Jeremy had a connection somehow if there's some ex-Zipper people or something. But Jeremy Dunham, who mm-hmm. was Arthur, who was the EIC at IGM when Arthur and I were working in the same building at the time. So No. Didn't yeah. Hill? Wasn't Hill? Nope. Jeremy was there when we were there at first, and then Jeremy left, and Hill took over, and then we became IGN. When did so, Hill take over? Hill took over in, like, the end, like... I think Jeremy was only there for a very short amount of time while we were there. Okay. Very so short. I was there for like a month. And right. And then Jeremy. Okay. Took so yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Dunham man had a rough dev start, right? Joined zipper kind of crashed and then joined some other company for some, like, like when unity was like, we're making browser games and they can be 3d. He made some crazy free to play browser shooter when people thought maybe browser games could be like the hotness and then that didn't work out. So, well, cause it was, it was like Facebook, Right. Facebook games were like the biggest thing in the world yeah, for like Benzinga. two months. Yeah, yeah, it was longer than that. It was like a year and a half. Too. I mean, yeah, there, well, there, there were successful def- games, but then everyone was like, "Wait, we should make one of these." Right. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was definitely times that IGN I took an appointment with uh, Ted Price from Insomniac for their Facebook game. You know, yeah, because they were like, it "Look, we're, like make, from, we're making a real nope, game." It was like, like from 2008 to like 2011. It was like everybody uh, wanted to make Facebook games. Uh, Bioware made made one. Remember? Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, Bioware yeah. made a couple. Yeah, everyone was making like the cool Facebook games if they could. Yep. And it's going to be a real game, but it was like, mm, no. None of them were ever quite that. No, and nobody ever really wanted real games. And on then, but they took all the free to play learnings and then applied them back to the full price <laughs> game. Yeah, all that shit was R&D for sure. Let's do one more. Let's see. Ba 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 
All right. Ba, 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 we'll do this one because it's fun. Rick Willis says stack rank the top five Nintendo machines. Stack top five rank? Nintendo what? machines. Stack rank them. It goes Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo. Are we ranking them by no. size of the box? No. <laughs> no? No. I arguably it would be Super Nintendo in DS and you decide which order those two things go in. Like I think I like the regular Nintendo more than I liked my DS. You played See, your- I got that face from Arthur. <laughs> I find Just that difficult to believe watching how, how many games you, you yeah. played on the DS. Well, yeah. but I, wanna, I guess it was because when I was a kid, the Nintendo was like the first console that was like... Right, yeah, but, but we, we rank it as a podcast because I think then the uh, Advance, Game Boy Advance has to be on there. All right. Super Nintendo, we can all agree, is number one. Yeah, I agree on that. I can't because I never had one. I mean, the DS sold ex- like significantly. Super more. Nintendo number one, <laughs> DS number two. All right, we're sure. Cool with that, Nintendo number three. Original Nintendo. Original Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. And then GameCube. Boop, I would boop, no. Boop, I put the advance. I, inv- I enjoyed the Game, the Game Boy Advance more than the GameCube. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I enjoyed the 3DS more than I enjoyed the GameCube. I can I can give up the GameCube. That's not yeah, really that the, part. The game the GameCube is pretty low on the list for me. I don't yeah. think it makes the list. Honestly, yeah. Well, they didn't the have that many consoles. Like, there's only a few things left <laughs> off at that point. I mean, like, like the—I don't even have a Switch, and I would probably still put the Switch above the GameCube. I, uh, I have a a better question: is like, does the Game Boy belong on the list? I never I, had an original never, Game Boy. I uh, totally think so. I yeah, mean, at least like, in my life. Because Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, maybe for number me, five. I so SNES, DS, NES, NES, Game Boy, Game, Game Boy. Boy. And Game, then, Game Boy Advance? Advance. And then I'd be okay with Game Boy Advance. I liked my Wii. There was some great experience. Just like I liked my GameCube. There was some great experience, but no. I'm actually... Actually, I forgot to say that me and my fiance have been playing New Super Mario Brothers U on Wii U. We've been huh. going back to that. Because I, I, I realized I had this Wii U and all these... And I went and I looked at all the games I had for Wii U. Uh-huh. I literally own nothing but first party games. The only yeah. third party I game I have is the one I borrowed from Arthur, which was Zombie, Zombie U. U. Which is a and, good game. And other than that, it was all first party. I was like, you know what? There's so many first party games we've never played. She likes U. cute things. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, I, like, just from a. I think the library of the SNES holds up. I think that I, there is an argument to be made for the DS being on top of the SNES. Because that is a system that. Like just was world dominating in a way even the Wii was not. Yeah. Like they sold, I think Nintendo sold more DSs than anyone has ever sold anything. And, and software. I mean, and that's, software. That's, yeah. that's, that's true. I just liked my SNES more than I like. I think DS. like it, it will stand the test of time as like I think the SNES may be the greatest system of all time. Yeah. Um, I think an ar- that argument exists to be made, and I think the SNES Mini actually makes that argument extremely well with the games that are on it. But did your did your pre order get canceled? No. Okay. I thought I thought I saw someone say that the pre order got canceled. No. I'm not interested. I ordered in that one other system than from Amazon UK so I can get the one with the cool colored buttons. Other than <laughs> I want it to come over, I'll come over once Arthur has it so I can see Star Fox too. That's really the only thing I'm interested right. in for. Well, I mean, it'll be out in time for Extra Life if if Extra Life is something we are doing this year. Don't want to nice. assume because Extra it's a Life is 100% something. We're, it's it's a lot of fucking work. Now we don't even have to do it. We don't have to do it on the same day as everyone else either. I was thinking that this year is like everyone does it the same day, but then I know it's the Giant Bomb guys do it all spread out before and after, and then you have the intention all to yourself. So maybe we'll maybe. do it on our own we'll time. We'll talk about it. But yes, I 100 percent want to do it. 
because even if we never change anything from the main TV, it's just an excuse to get together and play. I have a lot of extra monitors yeah. in the house. Far right too many games. <laughs> yes, you do. You just bought another one. I just bought another one. <laughs> it was 290 for a 4K monitor. It was a pretty good deal. Yeah. Well, and if we, I actually have a, 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 a PC that's good for both playing games and streaming and is very portable compared okay, to well, previous we'll years. We'll talk about it. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, fun. so again, yeah. SNES, DS, tie. Can we say tie? Or no, you... SNES and DS. DS is a close second. Okay. Yeah. SNES, DS, NES, then, then NES Nintendo, mm-hmm. Game, Boy, Game Boy, and then Game Boy the GB Advance. Advance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Game Boy Advance was the first Nintendo handheld I had. You don't think 3DS instead of Game Boy Advance? I had a lot more fond memories with my Game Boy Advance than I did yeah, my 3DS. Too. I think the library of of like the, that was the first the Metroid game I ever played through was on Game Boy Advance. Advance Wars. I mean, Advance you're Wars, yeah. like you're preaching that I liked my Game Boy Advance. I bought a Game Boy Advance at launch. Like, I was like, pretty I had disappointed. A Game Boy Advance with the, sh- the hard to see screen. Oh yeah, I was pretty disappointed <laughs> with my 3DS for a long time. The Game Boy Advance was my first credit card debt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just yeah, and then the micro SD, I think it's so cool. <laughs> Game Boy Advance micro, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The other day, I just actually, I just actually went on Wikipedia just to look at all the different models of Game Boy. I, I had, still own a Game Boy Advance game. So do I. So do I. Drill Dozer. Uh, my DS currently still has like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was like one of the very final GBA games that came out. Hmm. So it was such a late GBA game that when I went to the GameStop in Sacramento and said, I want this game, the guy was like, they don't make GBA games anymore. I was like, motherfucker, check your stock. And he was like, oh, we have one. And I was like, yes, I know, fuckers. <laughs> it just came out today. So. I gave my uh, I gave my flip screen you know original silver gb gba to uh to one of my nephews i gave it to my brother for for his birthday like a couple years ago and uh i rem- and like we were just over at their house like i don't know a month or so ago and uh it was just like laying on the floor somewhere like broken to shit and and it's just one of those things where it's like i know i'm giving this away i know they're not gonna get nearly the joy out of that i did it's probably gonna be played for a few hours and then put in a drawer somewhere and like nobody will give a shit anymore because kids are kids i remember being a kid i remember like getting stuff and people wanted me to appreciate it and i didn't um it's just how it is but it's still and it's like i thought i was just getting rid of something just to get out of my house because i didn't need any more uh you know like i i still have a ds with the original gba slot so i can play my few gba games that i have if i ever want to go back to them and i was surprised that when i saw it like on the floor like uh it looked like it was probably broken i don't know but uh you know it was like open clamshell face down clearly been stepped on that kind of thing and i just remember thinking it Wow, that actually hurts me a little more than I thought it would to like to like see that thing, you know, just kind of there and sadly, sadly misshapen. Yeah, I'd probably feel the same way if I saw my brother's the one I gave him. If he, but hopefully he got a lot of love out of that. I'm tempted to buy a 2ds XL. I plan on buying one. Those look cool. I plan on buying one and giving my 3ds away. Hmm. So I have a new 3ds. Oh, well, if I had a, if I had a new 3ds, I wouldn't. It's, I, have, I just think like the form factor and everything about the 2ds looks better, and I, I just the battery I, lasts I still have a launch a 3ds. So I can probably give you my 3ds. I have my launch one. I got it when IGN was like doing their hardcore 3ds coverage at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got I got the not the new one, not the one that has like the nub. I, I but the when but they the did, one that was the bigger one just before that, the all black ones, black on black. Yeah, those are super fucking cool. As they say in the motorcycle world, murdered out. 
I don't, I've never understood that. That was another term I had to look up. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. Black on black on black, man. Man, We're going to get like angry tweets or emails about that one. I think that might be one of the more controversial questions we've ever answered on the podcast. Probably. Uh, Yeah. Oh, about the Nintendo ratings, the switch, the GameCube, the Mm -hmm. Wii U and the Wii are not anywhere on that list. (laughs) Well, the Wii U definitely doesn't deserve to make that list. Oh man. People like are retconning continuity on that. They're like, it's totally the Dreamcast of the last content. And the Wii was, if the Wii was, if first of all, Dreamcast is way over. If we're counting like cultural zeitgeist, okay, the Wii would be there, but like, Holy there were some games I loved on Wii, but they could have been on several other things and been better. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, like, yeah, the Galaxy games are yeah, some of my favorite they're game. Awesome. But they're, that's like, uh, there's maybe 20 games. Yeah. Like, the Wii was a monumental disappointment to me. The interesting thing is that, like, other than Nintendo systems, it feels like we're past the era where a particular version of a console really matters anymore. You know, it's like, I don't really care if my PS4 is outdated in a couple years because the games that are on PS4 aren't going to be PS4 exclusives, you know? Like, they'll they'll be available again for PS5 and PS6 or whatever. Like How so? The games what do you aren't mean? T- I'm saying like the games aren't tied to the systems the way that they used to be. You know, it's like, I, I think I, there's Really? A, because there's a shitload of, I mean, like, PS3 games are not on PS4. Like I'm, I'm saying now. Like, now going forward. Like, it's just not going to be... The, I don't know that it's that's not the, true. Really? I, yeah, like, you don't, think think, that, you don't think that, like, everything that Microsoft and Sony are putting out right now I think now Microsoft is making it, like, a core tenet of their platform. Like that they have invested so much into it now that they have boxed themselves in that they have to. Yeah. But I mean, I like I just like, yeah, they've brought they. I, I'm just talking about like, there's a, there's a different era of technology where the games were necessarily tied to their systems. And yeah, they brought them back in like virtual console and stuff like that. But like those experiences are never going to be like what they were to such a degree uh, that I think that makes them unique artifacts of their time as opposed to the consoles and the games that we have now mm-hmm. i think it's a different it's a if it's, it's a different level of artifact when you're pairing software and hardware for those particular periods that's why we can look back so fondly on you know these different nintendos and see their value for what they were at the time and i think and you know playstation 2 and the original xbox but i think like going forward especially ps4 and xbox is just going to be like all right well this is the system that i have now so the games look their best but i don't necessarily think i have to have this game i have to have this console to play this one game and this is the only place i'm ever going to be able to play it i don't know i think that like the fact that right now i can put an xbox 360 game from 2005 into my xbox one and there's a good chance my save file is there yeah like is a pretty big deal that is a big like, deal, but that proves my point. It's not ba- it, you don't say like, "Oh my god, I can't I, believe I wasn't." I, I can't believe. I think I think I understand your under point that it's like in the era of NES to SNES to N sixty four. It was very much just like these are the only. There was no updated versions. There were new versions of those games, like right. there were like there were new versions in that series or something. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, "Well, I'm gonna I can play my SNES game on my on my N sixty four. Right. It's like like we've reached that point where it just we're now everything is going to be playable for the most part on every single like scalable yeah. platform. Like, like software, for the most part. yeah, software is way more independent to a platform's continuing. 
console releases than it ever was before. And with um, remasters and everything. If, yeah. if they can't get it to work, fuck it, they'll just remake it. Right. <laughs> I feel like uh, if this was the news hour with Jim Lair, like they stepped back and they, I, wasn't that the show where he'd always get like two minutes at the end where he'd just talk about whatever the fuck he wanted and then that they'd close right. That's like kind of what we just gave Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just end, old man. It's, it's more, it's more it, like what's his face for, at the end of 60 minutes. Maybe that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Where he always, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, where he always just has like you a You ever minute. wonder... <laughs> There you Teens go. and uh, memes. Uh, that was pretty good TV voice. Uh, you can tell us about all of your disagreements with us. I'm at Chuff Money on Twitter. Arthur's at A E G I S. Oh, we can call them Nintendo Dreams. Send them to emails at the Bombcast. Uh, Matt's at Talking Orange, and uh, James is at James underscore Faulkner. And yeah, thanks for writing in, everyone who did. The letters I didn't read, it wasn't because you sucked, it was just because... You sucked. There was time. <laughs> it's um, almost 10 here. So yeah, so. it's just time to go. Are you guys, before we go, are we all ready for the media apocalypse day? In, was it September? What's that? Literally, literally everything comes October, out. October. Oh, October. Everything oh. comes out on the same day. I am not ready because I can't think that far ahead. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones... Mm, I don't care about any of that. All that matters is that. The, that, I mean, there's a day in September that's like that. But. That day to me is just Mario Day. That's all. It is to me. <laughs> Everything else on that day doesn't matter to me. I can respect so, that. It is a Nintendo Day, so plan appropriately. Go make whatever sacrifices you have to make, and thanks for listening, everyone. Go out there and be a nice person, and don't send us in how you disagree, because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Goodbye. Love you. Hip-hop in the summer Don't be a bummer, babe Be my undercover lover, babe High tops in the summer Don't be a bummer, babe Be my undercover lover, babe The, the motherboard tray, like the back, the, so mm-hmm. it has the, the motherboard tray has this, uh, just past the motherboard tray, it has an angle in the back plate, and then it goes like that, and it's made for, and it has all the Velcro, Velcro straps already built into the back plate so that you can cable manage everything, and that angle area just lets you sit all the cables in one nice long pipe, and it has various holes that go out the, out the back to the side so that you can hook all of your ribbon cables in and everything. So it like has built-in cable management in the case. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, sounds fucking great. Mine's definitely just zip tie central. So the the cases I've been seeing that are interesting to me are the ones that sort of flip everything so that the graphics card is at the top, hmm. Hmm. because that allows for significantly increased airflow. So that's is the weird. motherboard also inverted? Like, how does that work? I mean, How's- yeah, like the case, you just flip everything, and the case is aligned in such oh, a way that everything can right, still be in the right, back. Right. I wonder why motherboards aren't built that way to begin with, like nowadays. It's a, it's a yeah, legacy it, thing. Yeah. So basically, like, you put the t- hottest stuff at the bo- top, and, like, so then it just, like, shoves it all out the back. Yep. Yeah. Heat rises, so that makes sense. Yeah. Just let it rise at the top. Right, fine, right above it. Just. Yep. Yeah. It keeps the 
ambient temperature inside the rest of it low. That makes sense. Yeah. Smart. Smart. The thing that, like, uh, confused me at first was that, like, oh, my my fans on the top of my case where my radiator is from my liquid cooler is supposed to pull air in, not push air out. And I was like, oh. Because you, you think you always want to get the hot air out of the case, but you're supposed to pull the air in through the through my top radiator and, and the, the fans back. blow it out the back. Or the sides. Yeah. It's weird. I didn't know it worked like that until I was putting together this most recent. Uh, Anthony, speak. If you are in the highway and you get in a small accident, you should always pull off. Saw two people. That's why it took me so long to get here. There's two people in the fast lane. I couldn't even see damage on their cars, and they were just like, no, let's get out and talk. Oh, no, no. You, you, you always pull over. That's mm-hmm. how you get into another accident. Right. Where you're so talking you, about the first accident. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can hurt people that way. Yeah. They just uh, sat in the lane, and I was like, what are you guys doing? Jesus. Like, I, 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 it's like, it should be law. Like, you know, they always say it on the signs if no one's hurt, pull over to the side, right? Mm-hmm. But I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, geez. Like, you're literally putting everyone at risk when you do that shit. Yeah, no kidding. And it's not even, if you have, you, there's usually a way you can, like, if you're stopped on the highway at that point, like, because you've just had an accident and there's no one hurt, it's not even like going into the, the left shoulder. It's going, go all the way to the right. Yeah. Right. Always I mean. go to the right. Yeah, always yeah. to the right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, just drives me crazy. I can't wait till we have self driving cars. So, A, there's less accidents, but B, if something happens, the vehicles are just like, wah, 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 wah. Uh-huh. it's not going to be less accidents until they're all self driving cars. Because self-driving cars drive in ways that people do not, and so people have a hard time adjusting to the ways that self-driving cars are driving. Yeah, I can see that. Have you? Uh, I don't uh, think it'll ever that's be what on self-driving demonstrated cars. Demonstrated so far, anyway. I don't know if it's apocryphal, but did you have you heard that thing that like if your car breaks down on the road at night, you're not supposed to put your emergency lights on because it basically uh, draws in drunk drivers. Hmm. So it's, I, it's I like, haven't heard that. I don't. I don't think it's wrong necessarily. I just haven't heard that. Yeah, I, I've heard that a couple times, but I never actually checked over to make it to, to see if it's true. But I guess the theory is is that like you're over on the right hand side of the road, so that and it, most drunk yeah. drivers will drive and try and follow in lights the, in the first two lanes, so that they can feel like they don't have to like speed or drive fast or whatever. And they're, they're like, "Oh, I'm being my safe drunk driver," and then they'll like, "Yeah, they'll just head right for the lights and like smash into a car." What? I just took a poo. <laughs> I gotta let I, everybody know. She's got <laughs> kitty arthritis. I need to get some Kosamin and start putting it in their food. Mm. Yeah, you could also get weed treats. <laughs> That's you the thing that? I found out. Oh, yeah. Really? I mean, that, that might treat the symptoms, but it doesn't treat There's like, cat the weed cause. and dog, cat dog and weed treats. <laughs> I had no idea. People were talking about giving their cats and dogs weeds on weed on 4th of July to like mellow them out. Well, these That's are what thunder shirts are for. Yeah, these are little mm-hmm. pre-medicated doses. They also use them for dogs with anxiety. Like, man, my parents have a dog they give Prozac to every day. And so my sister was like, "You should just get weed treats." <laughs> yeah, seriously, probably cheaper. <laughs> yeah, way cheaper. Well, probably better yeah, for the maybe animal. Prozac's like the cheapest of all oh, brain drugs true. out there. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's been genericized, hasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. over. The, it's like the same one that's been out for forty years. So they yeah. got all their money. Yep. <laughs> Drug company, super fucked up. Well, any company, I mean, a lot of those companies are fucked up, but I mean, that's the I think it's past a certain, I think if you are a company and past a certain, like, income threshold, you're just automatically a fucked up company. There's, like, no way around it. Yeah, there's probably some good people there, but in the end, there's probably lots of good people with those companies. It's just like, did you listen to that same Planet Money about the, how did two farmers meet up on a farm road and then one of them ended up murdering the other one. Why did that happen? 
And it was all I don't because think I heard that one. It was all because of genetically engineered seeds. <laughs> genetically engineered cotton seeds. <laughs> yep. Was it because of the patent on the seeds? No, it was because there was Monsanto released this new cotton seed that was resistant to this one pesticide, very harsh pesticide that was illegal to use. But if you used it, it would kill all this pigweed, which is really invasive and kills cotton. So all these farmers were using the harsh pesticide. And this one dude who wasn't was like, all my crops are dying because you guys next to me are spraying it. And it drifts really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're all killing my crops. And they're like, well. And so he went and tattletailed on them to the board that checks all that. And they all got fined and stuff like that. But it, they all admit to it that they got it. And they paid the fines because the fines were $1,000. Yeah. For, for using this really harsh pesticide, and if they didn't, they were going to lose fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So they're like, "If yeah, I'll fucking pay the fine over and over." The fact that it's absolutely terrible for the environment and the water supply. Yeah, they're like to do it. So, but yeah, wow, these farms literally operate with millions of dollars for cotton. So yeah, well, they operate with millions of dollars at very thin margins. Yes, at very thin margins. Yeah. I know in other countries, like the one of the big problems with Monsanto crops is that like. Monsanto crops cross-pollinate with non-Monsanto <laughs> crops, and the resultant genes are considered covered by Monsanto's pet. Yeah, patents. so they can come take it or rip it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wouldn't have been an issue, except that everybody was using, everyone in the story was using genetic. There wasn't like the guy that wasn't using the pesticide wasn't using Monsanto. He was as well. Mm. It's he just, just wasn't that, using the it's pesticide. It's just that he was using the last generation. He was using Gen 1 versus Gen 2. Right, he uh, wasn't using the most recent software update. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> What if the, the they locked him out of the DLC? Cotton eight, not cotton ten. <laughs> right. So, really weird shit. Future's yep. kind of fucked up. Yeah. The present, you mean? <laughs> I mean, I can't. Yeah, this this, this, this was this was like a year ago. Future. This is the dystopian present. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's record a I'm podcast. Little noises, and I'm not sure if it's 